What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Frown Room. My name's Banks. Of course, you know that. <laughs> so uh, today we have another interview, and this is one that I am was super excited to do. Um, today we talked to composer, um, guitarist, musician, Charlie Looker um, of Extra Life and um, uh, Psalm Zero fame. Uh, this I was very excited to do this interview because um, I discovered Charlie's music earlier this year, and um, I've just been completely enthralled by it. I kind of downplayed this on the episode, but I'm actually a big fan of his work, and I just com- totally look up to this guy as like a you know, uh, as a young musician myself. You know, uh, I see sort of the arc of his career. I see the music he's done. I see the you know, types of, uh, you know, people he's played with and worked with. And um, I can't help but, uh, you know, think it would be cool if I could do that myself. But, of course, you know, we all take a, have to take our different paths in life. Anyways, this was a lot of fun. We talked for over two hours. Um, the long, This is the longest show we've done yet. So uh, strap in. Uh, we talk about a lot of stuff. We don't talk about metal a whole bunch, actually. We talk about his music a little bit. We talk a little bit about some different stuff. We talk a lot about philosophy and a little bit about politics, a little bit about uh, music theory in general. We talk about me- medieval music. We talk about modern classical music, and uh, we get it gets really uh, it gets really sooty. You know, we talk a lot about uh, some. Uh, we kind of sit and pontificate about um, what. Um, um, you know, some of our musical philosophies, and uh, it was a blast to do, it was a great conversation, and um, yeah, hope you enjoy it, um, thanks for listening, um, check out Charlie's new album, I guess it's not really new, it came out about a year ago, but it still feels new to me, um, Sparta by his group Psalm Zero, I think I mentioned it on the show a while ago, it's incredible, if you like Something that has a more sort of doomy vibe to it, um, but is still has an element of high-mindedness. I think you should check it out. It's a great record. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Frown Room Podcast. Uh, we have a uh, special guest interview today. We have Mr. Charlie Looker here. How's it going? And uh, Charlie is a musician, composer. Uh, he makes wonderful music. I love it. I'm going to let Doug start off with some questions. We're just going to have a ball here. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, Charlie, I, I, uh, I think for, for all of the uh, uninitiated here, why don't you tell us a bit about your background and your study, your history with music? And uh, what what you do now? Well, I guess um, I guess what I am mostly known for was uh, my band Extra Life. I mean, that's what most people heard mm-hmm. me uh, heard me do. You know, in this sort of uh, in the late 
late aughts, early early tens. Yes. And then since then, people have known me for uh, my band Psalm Zero. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, uh, Psalm Zero is a little bit more on the metal side of things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Less less so on the on the sort of prog, um, completely experimental uh, <laughs> front. And um, then I, you know, I have several other projects: uh, Seven Tears, uh, mm-hmm. and I write chamber music, mm-hmm. um, orchestral stuff. You know, various uh, commissions come my way, things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah, that would, I mean, I could go into greater detail, but yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I'm a composer, uh, vocalist, guitarist, multi-instrumentalist, producer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was curious about, uh, the the most recent thing I listened to was uh, the album Sparta by Salt and Zero, actually. So uh, I want to hear a bit about that. That's the very doom metal kind of sounding album. When I listened to that, yeah, that came that came out a it's a year ago now, which is crazy, like a little yeah. bit less than a year ago. Um, yeah, what to say about Sparta? It's like this <laughs> the third the third Psalm Zero record, but it's kind mm. of uh, it's kind of almost a new band, just sort of bearing right. the bearing the name Psalm Zero because because Psalm Zero began as a very much a duo project, right. uh, with me and this guy Andrew Hawk. And mm-hmm. then uh, we did two records and then had sort of a not so uh, smooth falling out. And, yeah. um, and uh, the, uh, so then, yeah, Sparta is like, it's like me continuing my concept of right. what a rock band is, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, say Extra Life was like, um, there was no concept other than that I'm running a thing you know right, yeah right um and singing i mean that was the only concept and then so psalm zero is a little more founded as a thing of like i'm going to do a rock band which right is necessarily gonna have some industrial and metal and sort of dark wave influences right and uh you know i was like i'm gonna trim down the sort of confusion confusion factor if you know what i mean uh yeah. sort of trimming but down the like the, the the what the what is this factor and so yeah. then yeah so then after parting with with uh with hawk it's this third record is essentially like me with uh it was with um kim abrams and uh ron verode both of ko dot who i'm sure you guys mm-hmm. probably know, yeah, yes. know ko dot yep. and yep. um yeah so sparta is kind of like going even more Main, mainstream i suppose you could say i mean it's right, more like doom right. doom metal uh yeah even uh you know there's no harsh vocals even it's uh, melodic dark right. heavy stuff so yeah. uh yeah and we were like in in um we were doing a tour we were in mid tour with ko dot a year ago mm. a week a week into a three-weeker and uh then covid hit when we were in miami oof. and we had to just hightail at home ouch yeah. rag dude it was oof brutal we're like just hitting stride man oh vibe was so good yeah Yeah, i remember um rough when i first found you i actually found you through your youtube channel sort of Mm. i'll get into how i found your stuff later because it's kind of a funny story i guess but uh i uh, i saw your youtube video and i noticed um you know i saw that you had done like you did a video entitled this tour is cursed right yeah. before the <laughs> right before the cancellation uh of 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 everything happened essentially yeah that was in miami from the bathroom i was doing yeah. that <laughs> that that video well the, the tour was already <clears throat> so cursed so when covid yeah. happened we were like yeah, you know what you know <laughs> enough's enough yeah we had like <laughs> we missed like two shows from van trouble and uh 
yeah, we had like two huge van breakdowns. There was some other stuff. I can't remember what happened. Uh, just like other shows falling through. Um, yeah. Sounds like a divine intervention of some kind. Yeah. Did you, did you, did you do something really horrible to someone in the past and a karma's yeah, coming around at this point? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I sort of, I mean, I sort of believe in those, th- that kind of thing on a, on a small scale, you right, know, yeah, but I, I don't, sure. I don't believe in, uh, no. you know, the, the, my sins of last year, you know, <laughs> visited upon like an entire other band, you know, like I don't think. That's yeah. that's how it works, but uh, but yeah, I mean yeah. Psalm Zero. I mean, aside from the member overlap, I mean it's just a really great uh, double bill. You know, their fans, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. their fans are like big fans of you know. I mean, they they either know my stuff or they would like it when they hear it. Yeah, <clears throat> right. and it's right. you know it's perfect because it's like same crowd, but you know bigger, a little bigger than if Psalm Zero did a headlining tour. Mm. Uh, so. That's that though. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see when Psalm Zero is out next. I mean, I'm already kind of over that material is the thing, yeah. you know, I mean, by the right. time, you know how it is with any record, by the time you put it out, you're like, this isn't even the new stuff anymore. You know, the right. new stuff is what you're working on. So yeah. I find that, I, uh, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. No, 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 you go ahead. Well, I find that um, I'm also a musician. I find that yeah. um, uh, this whole experience has just accelerated the process of like writing something and getting bored of it. You know, because I wrote, I started playing guitar over the last summer and I started writing songs again for the first time in a while. And I I found, I found that I got bored of them, like within weeks of writing them, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess you're just marinating in them so much, you know, and uh, yeah, there's just less to know, you know, playing live has always been such a big part of what I'm, you know, when I write something, I think about playing it in front of people, you know what I mean? It's Mm. like, literally, I Mm. imagine, I mean, as much as I love recording, that's, you know, that's huge for me as well. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's for years and years, I've, I haven't written music that's just going to go on the internet and then mm-hmm. get some likes and then I just do the next thing. I mean, that's sort of a weird, that's weird to me. But now this yeah. is where we are, essentially. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, I was, uh, so I'm a little curious. You, you've you made some pretty big, uh, like, jumps stylistically in, in your career, Charlie. Um and I was curious, like, what sort of inspired you to to make the move to kind of the more metal sound? Um, you say you you started in a few different kind of places. Um, was that just sort of a fluid thing, or was it just sort of like, oh, I really want to try this out one day? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually um, there was a deliberateness to it. You know, mm-hmm. I think everyone always says that everything's just so organic that you just can't, you know, nothing's, pl- it just happened, you know, but no, it was right, pretty deliberate right. because um, I just metal was my sort of my first love. And it's always just been the sort of backdrop of everything that I'm right. doing. Um, Extra life was very much uh, rooted in this sort of heaviness of metal, uh, sure, a yeah. sense of the sort of relentlessness uh, mm. and the instrumental complexity of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was coming out of coming out of metal and metallic hardcore and and death metal right, as much right. as it was coming out of uh like uh, 20th century classical music or prog or whatever um right, right but you know when you take away the metal guitar tone from something and you have a sure. cleaner sound or you have something else you know yeah. it just doesn't doesn't read as metal but you know metal right. people like it you know there would right. always be like yeah. ne- always be like neurosis shirts at our shows and stuff like that right um right. so uh yeah so i yeah but so then i guess with psalm zero my thing was um 
yeah, 20, 2012, when I decided to disband or, or at least, you know, indefinitely suspend Extra Life, my feeling was like, okay, um, I'm making this music. My main band is this music that is uh, has all of my influences in it. It's very much this uh, hybrid million genres in one, like that confusion factor I keep talking mm. about, you know? Right, yeah, right. Um, that's a very particular kind of artistic experience, you know? I mean, it's not just about blending a million genres, but just the sort of confusion fact. It's like when you first check out like industrial music or like Throbbing Gristle, you're like, what is <laughs> yeah. their deal? Like, you know, there's just all these influences and it's confusing. So I was like, right, all right, right, Extra Life is that. But then I'm also getting these, these opportunities, uh, invitations and commissions to write chamber music, mm -hmm. to write for other ensembles. And that was starting to happen. So I was like, you know what? Like there's a lot, a lot of things about extra life that I just don't want to be doing as my main thing anymore. And I, I, I want a fresh start as far as like what my band is, it's my main performing band thing, you know? Right, so, right. and so I was like, you know what, I want to, I want to start a band that's a rock band, mm -hmm. whatever that means to me, which mm -hmm. is still going to be pretty eclectic and yeah. multi-influence, but I, I want to do a, a rock, a heavy thing with guitar based and then all of the super weirdo aspects I'm going to put into when I get commissions to do chamber music, orchestra music, mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know what I mean? So the more, mm -hmm. the more medieval aspects, the more like super technical side of things, you know, I, I was thinking that's a, uh, you know, composing for other ensembles, you know, capital mm -hmm. C composer stuff under my own name. That's a better place mm -hmm. for the really high tech weirdo stuff. And that, you know, I want to do right. my main performing thing should be the most normal version <laughs> you know the most normal yeah, version yeah. of what i have yeah. to offer you know yeah which isn't, yeah, which yeah. isn't you know so so uh, which isn't pop necessarily but you know songs and um right. so yeah so then but then you know things went a little differently because um i uh psalm zero was almost supposed to be a side thing with my composer stuff being number one but then psalm zero got uh you know more traction than i kind of thought it would and started to get more opportunities uh, for Psalm Zero, than 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 I than I at the time I was as a as a capital C composer, so yeah, so I ended up just sort of focusing a ton on Psalm Zero over the over the past six years, and um, so that's kind of how that evolved. And I've still been doing stuff under my own name as well. You know, I put it put out an orchestral mm -hmm. record uh, yeah. two years ago, uh, Simple Answers, and um, yeah, and a few uh, few little uh, commissions I've gotten. Um, so, but. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how, yeah, it was like a deliberate thing of I want to I see sure, how, sure. how in a genre I can be. Of course, Psalm Zero still in the world of metal gets received right. as weird, quote unquote, <laughs> anyway. Sure, right, um, right, right. Because, you know, we were on uh, Profound Lore Records, which is, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a home of like pretty relatively cult death metal. And so those right. people, you know, to, to, to your average portal fanatic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Psalm Zero is actually kind of... Uh, weird i suppose in a way but right yeah. right yeah thanks you want to you well, want to take the next one well i think it's interesting <laughs> that um you know um i listened to i've listened to a lot of these things you mentioned a lot you like extra life and simple answers and psalm zero i've you know i've kind of listened to a lot of it over the last year since sort of i found your music and stuff and and i right. think it's um it's very um interesting to me how you you know you can do all these different things but i think you know, when I listen to, to your music, I listen to, especially thinking about um, like how Simple Answers comp compares to Psalm Zero, you know, more contemporarily, I feel like they all, I can all hear that they're coming from the same kind of place. It's just sort of a different, 
um, it's just a sort of a different interpretation of, of, of maybe, I guess, a central idea or a few. Yeah, that's good to hear. I think, yeah. Yeah, because I like the, because when I listen to the solo album, Simple Answers, I hear it still has, it still feels like, uh, it still has a very song-based feel to it, because obviously there's a lot, yeah. most of the songs have vocals and everything. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, really interesting. That's kind of one thing that I think is really fascinating about the stuff you do. Stuff well, like yeah, Simple Answers, that, that's a, one of those things that was supposed to be, when I set out to do that, I was like, I'm going to do a contemporary music, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. record. You know, yeah. I'm going to do a, an orchestral, like, new music thing. Uh, but it didn't end up that way because it just got more and more vocal. Yeah. You know, yeah, vocals were supposed to be, uh, yeah, it was supposed to be less song-based, actually. It was, uh, you yeah. know, the idea was, like, it has vocals, but it was going to be a little bit yeah. more on a, on a, uh, uh, yeah like a, a yeah more like a new music with vocals type thing but then you know the lines they start to get more symmetrical and rhyming yeah and verse chorusy, and then it sort of takes on this other yeah song uh texture yeah speaking of this I'm, I'm interested to know your um what your background in sort of contemporary music is um because i understand you've had some uh sort of formal music training to some degree yeah, to to some degree. I mean, yeah, to some degree. I'm 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 very sc classically schooled, and in other ways, I'm I'm very uh, self taught and kind of mm -hmm. uh, uh, uneven, or you know, yeah. in my uh, in my set of skills. Um, I I didn't go to conservatory. I went to liberal arts college mm -hmm. um, that uh, had a lot of really interesting music happening there, mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't. You know, I didn't get a. a a degree I have a bachelor's degree you know it wasn't like yeah a, like right. a, 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 <clears throat> so I didn't study so in school you know I studied a little bit of music theory but mostly I was mostly I was just looking at scores just taking scores out of the library and just studying uh I mean actually more like 20th century uh contemporary music yeah. more so than actual like classical classical music you yeah. know so I would be like looking at Ligeti and looking at uh um, I mean, and, and looking at like Schoenberg and Berg and Webern and, you know, analyzing that stuff, uh, looking for the tone rows and, and this kind of thing and trying to get the, you know, what Bartok's version of atonality is, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so then, uh, but then on my own, I kind of studied counterpoint uh, through, uh, you know, after college, some uh, just on my own, just counterpoint exercises um, species counterpoint like that kind of thing so I got a sort of sense of that uh, that like high renaissance yeah. uh, kind of palestrina style counterpoint um, I, I got some chops together with that and uh, and then there's um, you know orchestration uh, I learned I got a um, that was a thing when I was 30 I, I, I got uh, this fellowship thing from the Brooklyn Philharmonic, which actually no longer exists, but at the time they were doing this thing to uh, reach out to quote unquote crossover type composers from other genres. And they, yeah. get, they got me like free orchestration lessons, you know, with this guy, Randy Wolf, who's great. Uh, so yeah, so for that, I, I learned how to write for, for orchestra and study, studying scores uh, with him. And uh, yeah, and then there's medieval music, which I have not actually formally studied, but I just listened to so much that it just has like seeped in and I, and I, uh, hmm take things from it by ear in a way oh well that's one of the big reasons that's one of the big things that really intrigued me about uh your music and what you do because i also have an affinity for that stuff um nice because i went through music school you know i went through i got a performance degree in saxophone okay 
and um, I took, I'm actually, I'm in a master's program for jazz right now. Um, oh, cool. This is going to be my last semester. I'm almost done with it. What, what's going to happen afterwards is anyone's guess, but right now it's just kind of, I'm just trying to finish. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I went through, you know, I went through music history class and, um, you know, the first stuff they give you in that class is like, you know, Gregorian chant, and then they give you, you know, medieval music and Renaissance music. And everybody in the class, you know, hates that stuff always. You know, you go through that stuff. They're always like, oh, it all sounds the same. And they always fail the test because they can never tell the pieces apart. And I just, Good. I love that stuff. You know, that to me is some of the most beautiful music ever written. I mean, really. I know, I know, I know. In, in, in many respects, I, I kind of prefer it to some of the stuff that came after it in, in the sort of the more classical romantic period. Not, mm-hmm. to, not to denigrate on that stuff, but I think, uh, I think medieval music just gets overlooked i don't know how you feel about that but that's my opinion well yeah i mean it's not really i mean it's still not really part of the canon exactly of of you know what you call classical music right i mean really basically i what i understand i mean right it really starts at like bach or i guess suppose maybe like monteverdi yeah uh, right is like where you would consider the beginning or Purcell or something and then yeah and then before that it's just quote unquote early music but yeah no, I'm, I'm the same i'm the same as you or i was at least in the sense like um that i i yeah i liked early music more than common practice era classical yeah. music you know i i was always way more into like akigam than like mozart or whatever oh, yeah beethoven and and i was also into the post-war or or like or not post-war just but like 20th century yeah definitely uh classical music uh, you know yeah me too european music yeah i mean there's stuff in common there because there's this sort of coldness you know um to it i I mean just cold in the sense of uh it's like doesn't have the same kind of narrative like totally humanist kind of narrative arcs you know like sonata form yeah these things that are like uh I don't know. Well, a lot of that actual classical music, it's sort of like, it's like a, it's like the novel, you know, it's yeah. like a very, like, uh, uh, well, the way I, sorry. Well, the way I've started to think about it is like, not all, not all this stuff, but I, when I think about like some of the, like the American stuff from after world war two, like John Cage and Morton Feldman, I think of that stuff in the same way that I think about mid, sort of the medieval Renaissance music. Cause I feel like there's, um, in both situations you have this, uh, you have the, you have you know this music that doesn't really have like rules in the same way that like the music of Mozart and Beethoven does like when they were making that music that music was kind of meant to adhere to a certain like standard whereas i feel like the uh, the medieval music and some of this like class newer classical music is kind of it's a little bit more like they're shooting in the dark a little bit more trying to find new systems you know um that is not true um <laughs> sorry. well i mean not exactly i mean well i mean yeah it's not totally true but i i well, well in the sense know. of in, in the sense of um i mean with cage and those guys they were they were yeah looking for yes new uh yeah i'm specifically referring to that stuff by the way yeah not- that is that is true that is true i'm, I'm somewhat breaking balls but i, I the uh <laughs> it's um yeah, with Cage and those guys, they they were shooting for uh, yeah new uh, systems of composition, process, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, when it comes to early music, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, yeah. I mean, they're super. Uh, you know, it's just less. Um, you know, the sort of rules and conventions for that were less uh, less codified. Although there's plenty yeah. of these, plenty of treatises on you know what beautiful counterpoint is. I yeah. mean, I don't know. You know, Tinctoris and these treatises, um, Boethius. 
but um, you know, not that I've like read all that stuff. I mean, also, you know, I feel like people overestimate the sort of the codified nature of of common practice era music as well. You know, if you're talking about like Mozart, I mean, a lot of that stuff they didn't, it wasn't so much of uh, there's a thing called sonata form and we're going to do a sonata. I mean, it was a little bit more like people just doing stuff. Yeah. And then afterwards it's considered, it's like, Oh, that's the, the you know, some of those quote unquote rules are really yeah. actually just ways of describing what people were already doing where the practice does somewhat pre uh, precede the theory a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, I think, yeah, no, you're totally right about Cage and Feldman <laughs> and those guys, but it, but it's just like that, that's a way different. Um, yeah. Well, I, I guess I'm oversimplifying it a little bit. Um, uh, but, uh, well, I, I can see what you mean though, how, how it sounds just in the sense of like, we don't like, even without, I, I feel what you mean in the sense of like it, Mozart and Beethoven, even if you don't know about music theory and formally what's happening, you can kind of feel this sense yeah. of structure, right? Like there's, even if you're not even studying, the, you know, one can sense it. Whereas yeah. like with medieval music, it's like there, there is that sort of, uh, you're in the middle of yeah, yeah, yeah. void or something because it's just, it's, you can't even. Yeah. Cause it's a uh, little bit, it's very alien to our modern ears. Listening it is. To that yes, stuff. for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there's less of a sense of direction, I guess, in the sense of like with tonal, like with actually tonal music, the tonal system lends itself to this journey, like the sense of a journey, like going from one key to another. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, definitely. It's like a narrative kind of thing, you know, yeah. whereas like in medieval music, it doesn't really have that. It's more like just this realm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> you, can edit, you, can, you can edit you can edit out my my uh, my, no, my, think, ball, my ball breaking. I'll, no, I think I'll leave it in. I think it's good to have I think it's good to have tension. And I think I don't think podcasts have enough tension in them sometimes. Yeah. Well, no, I I just I mean, I was only saying that cuz it's like there's this uh, there's this sense of like I said, I think people overestimate uh, Yeah. people over people look back at I don't know. When, when something becomes codified and taught, you know, people like retroactively, like in hindsight, they t make it as though it was this academic yeah. thing then, you know, whereas yeah. like, I mean, like Charlie Parker was just, oh, definitely like coming up with stuff. And then, you know, 20 years later, it's like jazz school is like shaking your finger. Like that's oh, how yeah. you have to do it. I mean, Man, these guys yeah. were not, you know, they, they were, uh, not not uh not following rules and also not shooting in the dark you know it's just sort of yeah uh, yeah yeah you're right don't get me started on jazz school by the way oh my god <laughs> i i wouldn't i i, I wouldn't oh i, I like i love i love i have a deep love of jazz too though respect respect yeah. for being in jazz school though seriously because uh i don't uh whatever you might find frustrating about jazz school i don't i don't think it's a stupid thing at all i think i mean it's even if it's a sort of making things academic i, yeah. I just you know i have the history i i never played jazz as part mm. of my uh like body of work that's really mine you know but i yeah. but i studied it a ton uh you know when i was like a teenager and early 20s and stuff yeah. so I, I have you know knowledge of that yeah for i mean the last like five or six years kind of up until more recently things have kind of changed since uh since you know the pandemic happened um i've kind of like re sort of evaluated and kind of changed my perspective but my my main focus for a long time was just really straight up just like playing jazz for a long time so so that was um so i i i've i've spent so long kind of in that environment that uh i think I, 
but but I didn't go to jazz school for like undergraduate. I've only been doing it for like master for my master's program. Oh, okay. So I think there's like I had this like dissonance in my head between like figuring things out on my own, just like learning to play jazz without any real jazz instruction between like going to school and kind of having to learn a bunch of like, you know, rules and stuff. Yeah. Um, sorry. I yeah. It popped up on my screen. Yeah, yeah, me too. The meeting has been upgraded. Yeah, wow. I don't know what that means. Well, we're all right, fellas. We're in the upgraded meeting now. We're in the bonus round. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I? What were we saying? What were we talking about? Yeah. Talking well, about you you school. you are talking yeah. about jazz school. Yeah. How how you sort of? Uh, yeah, you were saying you you were able to uh, get into it on your own terms as well as yeah, as, right as well as uh, just yeah. following rules at school. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of my experience with jazz school, but I. It, I've also had a couple of professors who kind of go against the grain with stuff and have been pretty helpful in that regard. But uh, yeah, a lot of the generic, like, oh yeah, here's how you learn jazz stuff is like, it's, I think a lot of it's wrong, but you know, it's, it's, I guess you have to have a curriculum if you're going to do a school program of some kind. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, if it, there's that thing, I guess when music becomes quote unquote, like legitimized or legitimated, uh, by being part of uh becoming part of academia or, yeah. or whatever it, it it's it gains something but it loses something right it's sort of it can be taught more clearly but then maybe it loses some of that freshness of uh of of just being off the grid yeah uh, as it as it were but um yeah. but yeah i mean it's true i i don't i i don't actually know like when you study classical composition at a conservatory like as an undergrad i mean if you just mm. go as a composer i mean you definitely do check out medieval music for sure i mean yeah. you start with it but i yeah i don't know how much it's uh i i don't know, know the actual role of it you know in in the curriculum just as far as like how much you're held accountable for like really knowing it i yeah. assume i assume you still have to I assume it's still way more important yeah. in, in school to learn uh, the Mozart string quartets than it is yeah. to learn, you know, uh, medieval music and stuff. Well, I was really fortunate. I took a few, I took some composition when I was at school and, um, but it was really, un we didn't have a composition degree. So it was kind of unstructured. You just could take a few classes and you could, if you wanted to, you could apply to get a certificate, but it doesn't really mean anything. And so we right. could just, our professor kind of gave us free reign to like use whatever inspiration that we wanted to write stuff. And uh, most of my stuff just ended up sounding like Steve Reich. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reich was never, he was never like actually my favorite. Reich or Glass, I just never really got super deep mm -hmm. on, on either of them. Um, it's so important though for contemporary music. I mean, just huge, but uh, yeah. You know who I was at? You ever, you ever get into Andreessen? I've never heard this name before. Louis Louis Andreessen. I'll have to write um, that down. He's a Dutch Dutch composer. I don't know. He's uh yeah, he's maybe like yeah, maybe from like the sixties or seventies to now. Just if you're into like minimal Oh yeah. Uh, oh, I mean quote unquote minimalism, but it's totally like his own thing. Yeah. yeah. If, mm. if you're into like complex rock, like proggy, uh, yeah. <laughs> aggressive kind of, you know, yeah. <laughs> At least two thousand notes per second in any music I listen to. I'm sorry. Yeah, you you like a lot of notes. Yeah, you want you want a good note note density. Yeah. Very no, the high note density music. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. So um, but yeah, 
that, I think that covers the, the medieval music thing a little bit, unless there's more you had to say about that. I mean, no, I could no. talk for a length. About I, I could too, man. I mean, anything you want to talk about, we could, we could. Oh yeah. Well, I have we a bunch of, I have a bunch of stuff. I guess I would, I guess I, I guess I'll tell the story of how I found your music. It's kind of, um, it's kind of a funny, it's kind of, it's, so I think me discovering your music is, has been the intersection of two things that I never thought would meet. One of them is, you know, obviously my interest in music and kind of weird music. And the other is like being really online. So, uh, so extremely I, online. So I found the I found your inter I found your YouTube channel through the an interview you did about a year ago with uh, Justin Murphy. Oh, oh, right, right. Yes. Well, I mean, I, not that I forgot that I did the interview, but I, I, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Banks. We started talking a little bit like right after that. That's right, or like comments or something. Yeah. Did I post a, did I put a comment on your video? Something. Your, your name was, became in my orbit like right after that, but then you didn't actually reach out for a while, for a maybe while. I did. Maybe that. I subscribed. Maybe I did. I, I think you just subscribed, something Probably like that. Subscribed. I subscribed. I remember people's names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, okay. That's good. Wow. Yeah, because I, I found your, I found, well, I found that because I had seen his, his interview with um, Curtis Yarvin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, I, I. Based. Which I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. So I'm not really like super into like, I'm, I'm, I'm really just like a baby when it comes to like any kind of philosophy stuff. I really, I'm just dipping my toes in the pool. Uh-huh. Um, I don't even, I, you know, I found, um, I don't even remember how I found this interview with Curtis Yarvin other than I had known the name Moldbug for years. Yeah. Um, because some people there, you know, I'd listened to some interviews you know, I think like everybody else, I had a period like in 2016 where I was like, what's going on with these weird people on the right? Like, what's, what's the deal with this? Uh-huh. And eventually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. eventually, I wouldn't consider that to be my politics now or ever really was. It was more of just an interest, I guess you could say, or just something, sure. that, something that if you spend all your time on the internet, you really can't avoid, right? Yeah, right. Well, you, you come across like, yeah, just like full on internet racists and you're like, okay, like we know what this is, but then you're like, oh, okay. So what's the like, not Neanderthal version yeah. of, of this <laughs> phenomenon? Like, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. You're like, yeah. who, who, who is not a complete idiot, but is also part of this kind of like admittedly creepy, maybe right wing yeah. sort of side of side of things or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I had, I had heard, you know, I'd heard, you know, Mold Bug, I'd heard that name, you know, but it was like one of those things you hear and it just kind of disappears in the back of your mind. And then one day I started like a couple interviews popped up with him on YouTube. And then I saw the Justin Murphy one. And I was like, this Justin Murphy guy seems interesting. I'll watch some of his videos. And I found the video of uh, him interviewing you. And I was like, whoa, this guy's, this guy is, he sounds like he makes some really interesting music. I think that'll be, uh, I think I'll, check see what's down this rabbit hole yeah yeah that's awesome that that you found me through through that and through the youtube thing you know because it it's i didn't really think there was that much of a of an overlap or like it took me a while to under like just coming across yeah that whole kind of um like uh, see i don't even want to say reactionary because like you know he has these like you know i I came to that stuff through sort of more left lefty uh politics i mean at least lefty in the sense of like criticizing capitalism or or yeah. post marx ish kind of mark fisher i mean you, you a mark fisher mm. fan i oh we're big I mark got, fisher I fans in, well i got into mark <laughs> good, fisher because of your, you your, your video about mark oh fisher. no shit that's awesome <laughs> actually um, um let me i actually bought on part of the 
Yeah, Banks is getting me to read Mark Fisher now too. I, so. I, I bought <laughs> Ghost of My Life. Oh, that's fantastic! Basically, this is uh, no, this is exciting for me that I that 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 uh, yeah, because I um, yeah, I I got right. I mean, I got into right Fisher and then Land and then Moldbug through Land yeah. and 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 that whole Justin Murphy world. But yeah, you know, a lot of those people they're like anonymous online, so I start yeah. checking them out, and I'm like, oh, uh you know, what are these people into other than theory? Yeah. And I had this kind of image. I mean, Justin, I knew. I'm like, okay, that's a face. Like, yeah. I, I sort of, uh, he started appearing on Twitter and I just kind of like reached out to him and started talking to him. Yeah. Uh, sort of before his thing really took off, you know, this is more yeah. like two years ago, like 20, 2018. But, um, but yeah, all these anonymous people. And I'm like, what music are these cats into you know yeah. like what are they into other than just like this really esoteric weird theory stuff <laughs> and then i started really oh like actually you know people like they follow you on twitter and then you're like oh who else do they follow you know just to get a sense of the sort of landscape and it's like all oh, these people are into like metal and stuff yeah. they're, they're actually into a lot of stuff that i'm already into and then some of these people i'm like oh they're actually already into my stuff that there are actually overlaps you know yeah, it's it's interesting how that happens. But I, you know, I think there there is a bit of a phil, ph philosophical element to at least some genres of metal that I think kind of leads one to. I guess if you have a preclusion to that sort of thing, or vice versa, like they kind of lead naturally to each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean, I feel like there's like there's different uh, sides of. Um, sorry about that noise outside. I don't know oh, if I you hear, hear that, it, but people so. are good, good, no, good. That's fine. Um, well, there's yeah, there, there's like the kind of there's the mark the really mark fishery side of things yeah. right where like he i guess as you probably saw from ghost ghost of my life i mean he you know he was really into that sort of 2000s like british electronic you know like yeah. jungle and yeah. and uh or that's more 90s but that sort of uh yeah yeah like electronic dance music yeah, yeah like, like yeah. really like uh like you know his writing on burial, burial and that stuff you know is like really really it's so great man he was yeah. such a such a prince um but yeah. um like so then that's sort of the more like left left kind of side of things yeah. you know and i i think there's a tradition of that that's keeping on going so like a kojo eshan do you, do you know him know at all is. kojo it's it's spelled uh kod kodwo k-o-d-w-o he's um he was part of that that um okay the ccru you know this like in the 90s with um with mark fisher mm. i don't know they, they were all like this philosophy co uh, okay. a sort of co collective that was into philosophy and music so kojo is like on the sort of afro futurist yeah side oh. of things and, okay. and that gets into like there's a lot of overlaps with like techno like the sort of like the black side of techno which is right, the original right. yeah. the original side of techno actually yeah right um, well, that's how a lot of that kind of came to be back in the you know the original like dance music you know yeah yeah that, yeah yeah so there's like a lot of uh yeah so there's i think there's theory connections there you know yeah. um holly herndon do you know her music at all the name sounds familiar dude holly herndon is nuts just oh, an electronic composer like okay. just uh, yeah just mind-blowing like just what is this talk about confusion factor anyway but she's like <laughs> um yeah she's very up on the theory thing and you know but then you got yeah but then you know metal I feel like a lot of metal with philosophy it gets into this sort of like right wing but like not oh, yeah. mold bug as yeah. much as like uh 
just like fashy like evola yeah. uh, type oh, yeah, uh, yeah. stuff which is interesting i mean it gets i find it distasteful and kind of bad a lot of the time yeah, but it's, yeah that's but, when i start know, to get a little creeped out it's like uh, well especially it? like the black yeah. metal stuff like yeah yeah black metal for sure has kind of has a historical problem with the fascism and reactionary yeah. beliefs and considering some of the people who founded the genre like it's not really uh much of a surprise that it has a bit of a problem with that you know yeah, I mean, yeah, and a lot of that stuff, it's it's not really particularly intellectual or philosophical. I mean, it's a lot no. more like just sort of uh, like you know, it's uh, it's it's time to not be pussies anymore and be yeah. warriors again and uh, yeah. fire yeah. and the sword yeah. and you know all this kind of thing. And so there's like you know they'll be into be into Nietzsche and they'll be into Evola yeah. and maybe like a little bit of I don't know Spangler or something. Yeah. You know, right. that that's right. kind of a thing. But yeah, I mean, as far as black metal or metal. I mean, some of those people, I guess, are into Moldbug, uh, but it's hard to it's hard to say. Like, um, yeah, I still haven't totally figured out what all those because I still a lot of those anonymous those like Moldbug types are like I, I some of them I still do kind of view them as these like weird like aristocrat guys with like a monocle, <laughs> yeah, you know, who like don't have any cool like contemporary aesthetics at all, yeah. you know, like they right, like right. just listen to like Schubert and like that's when, it. When you're talking about this, people yeah. like that, are you referring to like Kantbot or someone like that? Uh, <laughs> well, that, that that's how I viewed those people for a yeah. while. I and mean, the more I check them out, I think Kantbot probably listens to like Kantbot just a, is, well, a cool variety of. Yeah, he seems a little bit different than those weirdos. He's one of my favorites. I, uh, I like as... I I like his uh, his Twitter is really is really just something else. It's really it's a it's well he's he, yeah he's like refined his sort of position in the culture yeah. wars down to this very refined little like point. But he's sort of uh, I think he's disappointing a lot of his like dumb his like a lot of the sort of dumber like racist people who've sort of like latched onto him over the years i think recently he's been sort of letting them down by being like yeah you know i'm actually not really well, I think <laughs> not really funny... like you guys and they're like oh man well, i thought you were you know it's like that's nah. one thing i've noticed lately is he's it seems like ever since especially since like especially since trump lost the election i, fi I find that he is just like dunking on those those fools more and more yeah yeah, also, yeah, with his, yeah. also with his like he seems to put up this like i don't give a shit about anything <laughs> like yeah yeah there's like that there's that not caring thing yeah no great. totally but it's yeah it is interesting though like the ways that yeah that like the philosophy thing the theory thing online like it it overlaps with music in certain ways but it doesn't yeah it, music doesn't uh, music doesn't become a central thing in that discourse that much like it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like there's a lot of really shared like artists yeah. or acts yeah. like you know what i mean like there isn't yeah. like 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 with the fisher thing there's that there's that overlap with that techno side and like you know yeah. you see people who are coming out of that but then yeah like when it comes to the slightly more reactionary world or even the justin murphy world that's sort of lefty but has the reactionary yeah. elements yeah. I, I don't yeah it's hard for me to tell like if you're in a room with those people, like what the sort of shared aesthetic is yeah. musically, it's a little less clear to me, you know? Yeah. Like I always get like the idea from listening to some of those, like more, more, more along the, like the left, the lefty podcasts, like, you know, like Justin Murphy or like Red Scare or something like that. I get the idea yeah. that like, like that, you know, that they, that if they listen to a lot of music, it's not like, it's not like super, not, I don't want to sound elitist here, but it's not like super deep. It's just like, there's like, you know, <laughs> 
maybe a hand like right. they just kind of listen to like you know standard the standard type of stuff or whatever that people listen to or whatever yeah yeah just some like kind kind of cool indie rock or something which i mean like, i guess you know. i guess if you exp- i guess if you sort of um expend a lot of energy you know philosophizing and pontificating about things you don't really have the the time to really deep dive deep into music that way sometimes i don't know that's just a theory i don't know if that's true or not but yeah <laughs> i'm not sure i don't know i mean I mean, Fisher, like I said in that, that intro video to Fisher, I mean, I mean, he was very concerned with music and very concerned with political implications of yeah. aesthetics and like, you know, where are things going or what's possible for yeah. new, newness, oh, yeah. novelty, progress, you know, are we, oh, yeah. you, know, is the, you know, he was like concerned about aesthetics as a sort of yeah. political uh, territory or something, you know, Um but, you know, Nick Land, I mean, if you're interested in Land, you know, as a sort of the pivot point, you know, from Fisher to, you know, from the left, from the left side to the right side or him being that sort of, I, it's not clear to me what he, what he listens to. I suppose yeah. it was, I suppose it was techno and, and yeah. jungle back in the day, but he's not, yeah, like you don't see Nick yeah. Land posting like, oh, check out the cool new you know uh, yeah i don't have um i don't have an extensive knowledge about nick land other than like you know knowing his name and kind of having like a vague knowing that he's associated with that world so oh yeah well you should if you're getting into mark fisher yeah i mean land uh because i know there is a connection there between fisher and land so yeah they were like boys back in the day you know i mean they kind of and then fisher kind of uh um land kind of started veering to the right during the the tens you know yeah. and then after after fisher's death i mean he really like just zoomed zoomed into this full reactionary mode he uh, but yeah fanged fanged numina is the is the thing to read uh collections like okay. collection of his earlier essays hmm. uh is great i mean that's like really really important but um yeah what was i going to say music wise uh yeah yeah that culture has yet to like really um yeah, to really pop up in the music world, like very clearly, you know, mm-hmm. there's, um, well, recently, you know, there's this sort of the aerial pink thing. I don't know if you've oh, been, yeah. you uh, know. Yeah, I don't listen to that, that much of his music, <clears throat> but I am aware of the sort of the, uh, the controversy about, uh, him attending the uh the uh the uh, the insurrection. <laughs> the yeah, insurrection. the insurrection. Yeah, the past, this is the past couple of days. I mean, it was like, yeah, him and John Mouse, you know, yeah. these are two pretty, pretty well, well known very well yeah. known indie indie artists who I, I mean i get you know john mouse is a big theory guy who has kind of orbited that realm uh to an extent the sort of uh yeah like acceleration related neo reaction related but i mean i don't know what he's really done as far as i mean it sounds like he's always been really into theory but i don't yeah. hear people hyping him up as as theory people hyping it i don't know it's hard to tell he's very not super vocal or whatever yeah ariel pink i don't know if he has anything to do with actual theory i think but but he did have some sort of uh he was on Contbot's podcast and he is now giving a shout out to trump which is not it's not an intellectually rigorous position um, yeah no <laughs> try 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 as one might to sort of <laughs> dress that up as being anything other than trolling you know yeah um yeah, I gotta say, I don't want to name names, but there's a lot of stuff in that scene that like is just trolling, yeah, but dre- dressed yeah. up with, with intellectual, yeah, you know, like people using their brain power and their erudition just to sort of hype up 
positions which are basically just trolling you know yeah yeah yeah, it's kind of some of that stuff comes off as very um very uh it's kind of draped in this veil of irony you know when sounds like a lot of way some of these people do it yeah well that that's the thing yeah because like i'm not i do not like trolling you know i mean i got into that theory stuff because i mean from the, the sincere search for truth you know what right, i mean yeah. right, so it, right. It, it's yeah. like nick nick land trying to i mean just like owning the libs well actually right. no owning the owning the libs i like <laughs> but 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 um but just spread spreading spreading dismay by offending people yeah, and like right, mean right. and like just being a racist for lack of a better word like these are right. not good things these are bad yeah. these are very right, bad things right. so yeah. i i I um exactly. I, so this is my ambivalence with a lot of that with a lot of that right. scene, but um, you had a great tweet about the I, well I, I'm assuming it's about the Ariel Pink John Mouse thing the other day that I thought was just oh that's a great tweet it was the one um I'll just read it for your our listeners if you don't mind sure uh, yeah. where you said uh, people get so disappointed in what music musicians and artists say outside of their work itself most of us are mentally ill irresponsible and of middling intelligence <laughs> please adjust your expectations accordingly yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's <laughs> I, I that was a that was excellent i was like that's a I, that's a, that's something there <laughs> yeah I, well yeah i mean musicians are gonna do you know yeah i i know it's like this is stuff of holding musicians accountable for you know well, yeah, there's this whole spectrum. I mean, yeah, you you know, people find out that some musician has been serially assaulting women, and that comes out, and it's just like we got to do something about this guy serial assaulting. Not not Ariel Pick. I'm saying just you know something. Yeah, someone no. All right. And so then it's like, yeah, that's a concern. You know, someone's like actually doing harm. Yeah, definitely. People it needs to be addressed. But then it's like you get musicians who have some like wrong-headed or confused or whatever opinions on stuff i'm just like well what did you expect man you know what i mean it's an artist like we're not you can't be can't be expecting everything we think to be like correct and like deeply considered i mean you know it's like yeah. it's, there's, a, there's a difference between being a scumbag and just being a weirdo you know i mean right <laughs> so that's yeah sort of, well i think you know the act of you know making music for me is very um in many ways, a very compulsive kind of impulsive act. You know, I tend to make things that uh, satisfy me in a certain emotional way. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like I think a lot about a lot of the moves I make when I'm writing something or playing something. And I think, you know, that's part of being a musician, which would probably lead you to have to saying things that are a little wrongheaded or, you know, like I said, confused. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, there's only so much rigor you have in yourself and like where where are you going to apply that yeah. where are you going to apply that that rigor you know but um yeah i i i don't i don't like shock value stuff though you know i yeah. i don't like it's these these mus- any musicians who are just trying to be trying to troll people by having some right-wing philosophy stuff i i, I dislike that you know yeah but um i mean that's the thing about that black metal world or the you know extreme right. metal world i mean those people are sincere yeah, i mean that's, and yeah, that's it, you know how, however you know scary or fascistic or whatever i mean they're not you know messing around you know those, yeah, those, those right. european acts you know it's not a troll thing you know so right you at least have to sort of address it as like face value and you can't just like dismiss <laughs> yeah, it i mean you know yeah. it's like that's very different than this sort of like hipster uh hipster version of 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 trumpism or whatever uh yeah, yeah. but yeah. um but yeah i mean it's it's interesting though just how aesthetics play or don't play into this 
this stuff. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. because, right. like, I mean, I think about like aesthetics and politics. You know, aesthetics and philosophy. You know, it's like there are like a lot of those. Um, I mean, some of those like po- uh, post-war composers, like uh, like Nono. I don't know. You you were like a Luigi Nono fan. The name at sounds all? familiar. Yeah, I think I've heard some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're into like post post war, not the American yeah. stuff, but like post uh, serial, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah European yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, really harsh, dissonant. You know, a lot of that stuff that overlaps with like hardcore leftist politics. Yeah. And I've been like, you know, listening to no, no. He's like a ser- very serious communist. At, at, you know, back in this is like in the fifties, six, well, sixties. Yeah. Uh, you can hear that in the music. Yeah. In a way, there's this very critical <clears throat> sounding, yeah. very. Uh, like negative you know but in this very like intellectual highly critical negative uh but in some way idealistic you know uh desire to critique everything in the world down to nothing and rebuild anew yeah um or like you know uh this sort of sincere uh expression of like the horrors of world war ii i don't know like there's that's the kind of stuff you're like politics and aesthetics philosophy these things are really stuff sounds marxist you know it sounds like (laughs) communist you know like um in a way that and yeah and black metal now a lot of that right-wing black metal very much sounds right-wing to me it sounds nietzschean sounds evil evola ish you know there's the wagnerian kind of hyper romantic element so you know uh you can hear that i you know but yeah i'm not sure when it comes to that sort of the kant bot area of culture I'm not sure what the aesthetics exactly are yeah. of, of that. You know, it's interesting to me. Like, uh, like he has this kind of, I mean, I guess maybe this sort of 2000 sort of vapor wavy kind of thing, maybe, which I really yeah. wasn't super, I wasn't super up on that, you know, but yeah. um, like, uh, you got you guys into like one oh tricks point never at all? I was Open. I was talking about that album, their newest album actually. Yeah, just I, uh um for our twenty twenty roundup, I, I was uh I was uh just talking about that. There that new album had a lot of uh I felt like there was a if you listen to if I mean if you're a fan of Mark Fisher, it felt like there was some sort of interesting reflective stuff in that album. Yes, for sure. Yes, yes. I think he's I think he's I probably should have mentioned him up top. Yeah, because he yeah. he is doing and he's interested in that stuff. Yeah. Um I think he kind of backed off of really publicly engaging it because it just sort of he found some of it distasteful or whatever. Right. Um, right. And uh but he um yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. He's very interesting. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. get him at first. When he first came out, early 10s, I was like, I don't, yeah. this is boring. I don't get it. Yeah. And then over time, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, no. This guy is really, really, uh, really doing something that's great. Uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I think I think he's interested in that acceleration kind of related stuff and the sort of mm. post, post-acceleration, you know, Mark Fisher. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, he has, I mean, this is, I, I don't know if this is related at all really to the philosophy, right. but he has those medieval elements as well. For sure. Yeah, well, yeah. the harpsichord parts on uh, Age of, and uh, I mean, there was a little bit on, I'm uh, mostly on Age of where he had those crazy kind of, there's some harpsichord bits. Yeah. Very, it's a little like, more practical. like, a little more Baroque. Like Baroque. Yeah. 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 No, he's, um, yeah. And his, uh, I don't know, I saw him do this multimedia thing, uh, Myriad, Myriad yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In, in New York with the visuals. And that had a, that had a sort of, uh, yeah, I don't know what to call that. There's that sort of <laughs> dream. Very postmodern. It's like, yeah, I guess, right. I know that's the thing. It's like, I do want to say postmodern, even though I don't hear that 
I don't yeah. hear that word as much as maybe I used to, but it, it right. seems like it still applies. That sort of yeah, uh, I think so. uh, m- mysterious sort of, uh, it's like dreamlike, but there is this right. darkness because it's like, well, where are we going? Is there a future? Right. Is there no future? Are we just, tra- is this the end of history? Right. You know, right. that kind of um, like, uh, I mean, yeah, like that's the thing, that whole, that whole so-called end of history kind of thing of like, there's nowhere to go. Everything's been done. There's no future. There's no forward that, you know, <clears throat> that Mark Fisher kind of, you know, yeah. quote unquote, uh, slow cancellation of the future. You know, he sort of laments right. yeah. or he l- lamented that there is that, 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 uh, that people have given up on, on futuristic music. I mean, right. Like I, I, when I really, I feel like someone like One O Tricks Point Never and some of that vaporwave ish stuff over the past yeah. ten years did get into that aesthetic right. in a way that was trying to do something beautiful with it, or right. at least trying to do something that had some feeling of that there maybe is a future, or at least there's some beauty in the right. in this limbo of no future, like trying to trying to work right. with that. Which it's a I very think, wistful kind of attitude I noticed. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a sadness. Yeah, exactly. There's a sadness, even though it's the sort of medicated like like <laughs> detached right but there is right, that right. there is that like somewhat mournful sense right. of uh, of like the 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 like lamenting that there's no future for aesthetics or something but um that to me is kind of deeper even though like i said i wasn't really up on it in the past 10 years but i now i'm sort of catching up a little bit on what that was you know yeah. um i like yeah. that a lot more than the sort of um i don't know the the vibe that's more the the no future vibe that's like a little bit more like just pastiche like uh or or like this kind of like recreating stuff from the past you know or just being like you know what there's no future uh there's nothing new under the sun so we're just gonna like do some 80s music because like you know that's the best we can do is just you know it's like yeah that that's less uh that to me as a more like actually defeated kind of sad vibe than 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 sort of than and the one o tricks vibe, which right. sounds like it's more like okay, like there is a crisis of, <laughs> right. there is a there there is a crisis of where are we going? What could possibly be next? But like at least sort of uh, trying to make beauty, find beauty within within that, you know. Right. Um, but it's funny because this is so different. All this stuff I'm talking about that we just are talking about the past ten minutes. I don't know if you could really apply any of that to what I'm what I've been doing the past ten. <laughs> or 15 years, you know, because yeah. I've been looking backwards to like middle ages and stuff like that. But right. at the same time, you know, what I've been doing is pretty romantic by comparison. I mean, at least mm. compared to, you know, compared to one of tricks point ever or <laughs> right, ho- right. Holly Herndon or something, you know, I mean, I'm really right. playing like heart, you know, sort of this like emotional personal uh, yeah. stuff yeah. by comparison, at least. Well, that's, I don't know, you know. that's also kind of what a lot of, a lot of what I've been, my music has kind of ended up in the last year. So ever since I started mm-hmm. getting more into writing sort of like heavy songs and writing, you know, metal songs and doing that stuff, uh, trying to teach myself how to sing, I just ended up writing songs that are really just like, you know, they're just like, I called, I mean, I say they're pop songs. I mean, they're just like, you know, they're just yeah. like rock songs. It's just like, you know, I want to let's say, what does this song sound like? I don't know. It just sounds like, you know, alternative rock from 2003, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. You know, yeah. I mean, if you follow, no, sorry, go ahead. I think there's, um, well, I think there's kind of, to me, I think there's, there is something to be said about, you know, having, having this, this knowledge of, of, you know, all this, all this stuff, but still doing that, I think is, there's something to be said for that. I, you know, that's something I've always thought is like, 
having you know you have all the, you know you know having a knowledge of like you know 20th century music and all this weird philosophy electronic music but still like choosing as part of your aesthetic is like i'm just gonna write rock music that's pretty simple i think there's something commendable in that almost it's like you know yeah this is like it's like part of your thing i guess yeah i know it's hard to like yeah just you you end up whatever you yeah whatever you imprinted on you you know when you were like 10 or 11 or whatever yeah. you know when you first sort of brain sort of first came online you know as yeah. like being into music that's always going to be yeah that that is always going to be this deep part of of where you're at you know so yeah it doesn't have to yeah it doesn't have to be just like recreating some style in a nostalgic way you know i mean yeah. it can just be like you you, you just you have to take all this crazy stuff that you learn throughout history. It does. I mean, often it has to be filtered through yeah. something that's the most familiar to you, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I do think there is a, that, I do think there is an element of like, you know, you can like cynically just recreate something that sounds like the eighties, or you could write some, something that is, 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 sounds like that, but is more genuine, you know? And I don't yeah. know who knows where that line really is, but I do think there is a, there's a measure of, potentially there's a measurable difference between the no two. i yeah i know i i feel you no it's funny yeah because it's funny because i'm saying like yeah i don't like this recreating stuff from the 80s but then it's just like i actually knew Psalm zero kind of in you know in some to some extent yeah. is that at least yeah in the sense of like you're saying like just sincerely kind of being like okay like what's the most familiar and heartfelt uh aspects to me and then it end up it does end up becoming song based or or yeah uh, sort of you know so yeah I feel you on 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 that as well. It's like, yeah, there's a lot to. It, yeah, it's weird talking about just progress or something because it's like, like Mark Fisher's whole thing about like that it's, that it's sort of dark in a way that we can't imagine future or that it's hard to imagine futuristic music yeah. and that things are just becoming backward looking in a way it's like oh that's dark you know why aren't we moving forward but then at the same time the whole 20th century has been like this insane juggernaut yeah. of 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 so-called moving forward whereas like in previous centuries you didn't have nine billion styles yeah. blasting you in the face every two minutes so it's like right. I mean, maybe, maybe it's healthy to have less progress or whatever yeah, you this know? is actually something i've thought about since i started getting into mark fisher i was like is this just is this thing is this dilemma uh, is this is this Fisher's dilemma? Is this like just a product of our modern time? Like, right? We're 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 people in sort of the the eighteen hundreds or in the nineteenth century. Was like was Brahms thinking about this? I don't know. Like, I haven't really. I don't know if he's you know kept a diary that that you could read like that. But like, I don't know. I think this is like, it's like you know, it's like coming down from you know like you know from like a drug bender. You know, you almost can't <laughs> help but feel bad. You know, it's like, oh my God, we had so much <laughs> we had so much excitement from like nineteen thirty to two thousand and ten. It's like of course of course it feels terrible now that, you know, the things have slowed a little bit more you know yeah yeah no i i, I know yeah. it it's like yeah and, and i mean as far as like novelty or like new newness it's like yeah i mean yeah after cage i mean what really are you gonna do after i mean you yeah. know what i mean it's like i mean even late cage even like cage like string quartets or whatever they're not like uh was that even late i don't even know well anyways the music that he made after 
four minutes and 33 seconds it's like yeah that's already quote-unquote back back <laughs> backward looking because you've yeah. like already <laughs> like liquidated you know the entire act of composition so now it's like it's already looking back but yeah i know what you're saying right it's like i don't know what was in brahms brahms head culturally but yeah if you're going back to like medieval music i mean we know for a fact that like that the 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 first composers to even put their name on music i mean if you're listening to like leonin or perotin it's yeah. like they weren't obviously like you know we need to take things forward into the future like you know there's like if there were innovations at that point there would be a concern of like okay you know yeah. you're doing something new like does that work for the liturgy you know like well, is this defying god or something i mean there's like these higher standards of aesthetic value and spiritual value that that were more important yeah. than just quote-unquote progress i guess well there's this thing i've thought about too it, you know especially with respect to sort of like you know medieval and renaissance sort of the renaissance period of music is um and how it relates to this idea of you know progress is is you know the idea that um Let's see, let me word this right. The idea that music isn't just a thing people do is kind of like a new idea. Cause like before, you know, before, you know, sort of the enlightenment, music was just like a function of sort of society. People made music. If you were in the church, the music yes. was just a function of it. It wasn't really an artistic endeavor. That idea, that idea wasn't exactly. Yeah, it like wasn't the like artiste. We, yeah. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like, you know, the monks, you know, they sang their, their songs and, you know, some people, you know, they got create, they got bored of doing it one way. So they get, they start to get creative with it. Right. And then eventually it becomes sort of a, eventually it becomes a trade, I guess you could say. It becomes, you know, a more artisanal thing, which is a, which is relatively new on the grand scheme of like, you know, human social history as far as, at least as far as we knew or I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly how by the time you get to high Renaissance. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how Palestrina was like viewed exactly, but I but yeah, like uh yeah, at that point maybe, you know, there's a sense of like who's a master, you know, yeah. who's like a master composer or whatever. Um but uh but yeah, even still, even at that point, you're not dealing with that romantic kind of later thing where it's like oh the artist and his emotions and his yeah. inner world and stuff like you're still dealing with like this is serving some function you know yeah. for the church you know it's other than pure art like you're saying like pure yeah. art for art's sake isn't is still not yeah. quite yet a thing in the sense of music at least and then you get and then as you get the advent of the 20th century this sort of this thing you know of being sort of a, an artist as as music becomes more of a commodity it becomes a it becomes really commodified, you know, with with the invention of, you know, radio and recorded music. It just, so I think that, you know, that obviously will lead to a level of acceleration, especially, you know, if people can make money off of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, totally. Although, you know, 20th century though, you get like with a lot of that, that post-war, I mean, just what was, what was where European art music was going, you know, in the 20th yeah. century. Um you do get into a thing where it's like because of this sort of commodification of music and 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 recording and et cetera et cetera. I mean, you do get a a thing with uh, well, like I was saying with Nono or something. I mean, you you know, or like uh, Adorno or something. You know, not on the level of composer, but you know, music uh, cultural criticism and you know, theorizing about aesthetics. Yeah. You do get like this serious critique of of. Um, consumer culture oh, yeah, and commodification yeah, you know i mean something like 
like if you're talking about like Boulez or whatever, I mean, these people are like really, oh yeah, for sure, trying to hang on to like you know making yeah. something that that serves a higher function, even though it's not it's not God, but it's more about form or yeah. something that's higher, or, or just the tradition of Western music, you know? Yeah, yeah, this idea that you're the tradition. Yeah, yeah, like just being like okay, like Schoenberg. It, was coming out of Beethoven and Mahler exactly. and, and now, you know, post Schoenberg and then you're dealing with Webern and then, you know, we're getting into Stockhausen or Boulez, you know? Yeah. Like actually having some kind of sense of tradition yeah, and that there's something higher. I mean, I mean, just making music for any higher purpose, whether the purpose is to serve God or to serve some kind of intellectual formal thing, like it was in the 20th century, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that, I, I guess when you untether things from that, it becomes like a whole different thing, like pop music. I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing with pop music yeah, or anything coming out of pop or rock music, no matter how weird it is, or no matter how experimental, you know, or interesting it is, like you said, yeah. it, it, that is coming out of commodified. Yeah, it's really you know, hard com- to separate. Commodi- commodi- uh, it's really hard to separate culture. the two, you know? Like even even, you know, great rock music that's really high-minded, like I always like to think of like Frank Zappa or something like that, is like you still can't dislodge that from the, from sort of the commodification of music in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like, I, I, yeah. That can be exciting though, just how confused stuff is right now, you know? Like, like just, uh, yeah, just how, um, it's, it's so rare. I'm trying to think how to say this the this without saying whether this is good or bad mm-hmm. it's like can can you imagine okay like like in the 50s or something like at like darmstadt or whatever there'd be these like polemics like composers arguing like passionately arguing mm-hmm. about like that you know your aesthetics are bad because they're not serving some yeah. higher aesthetic idea or like really being like you know, like if you aren't using serialism, you're making like degenerate, yeah, like bad, you know, like really just having these right. arg- like deep arguments about like yeah. aesthetics and structure and process. I mean, can you imagine believing in a way of doing things right. to that level that you would yeah. have like a fist fight at like a colloquium or something? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like over this stuff. Yeah. I mean, even in jazz, you know, people would like, you know, Miles, oh, I mean, yeah. they would like, oh, yeah. they would drag people off the bandstand and like That's, actually beat oh, them yeah. up for being like a no playing motherfucker, oh, you know, yeah, like people, that was I like mean, a thing. There's this great, or not great story, but there's this, you know, story about Ornette Coleman getting beaten up behind a club, you know, when he was coming up, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, that's horrible because we love Ornette and he's a genius and like, how dare they? But even still, right. I mean, just the fact that you would care that much about yeah. music on a pure level that you would beat somebody up over it. I mean, that it, it's so hard to even imagine that right now, yeah. you know? And it's like, I, I try to harness some of that energy, n- not in the sense of <laughs> beating other people, you're not in the sense of being negative. Gonna beat to up Ornette Coleman? <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> so demented. Yeah, no, like, um, no, but like, um, just in my own, like, I try, I try to harness that energy of, like, this is objectively good. This yeah. is aspiring to higher ideals of what is beautiful. And, you know, I'm not just serving myself. I'm not just serving you. I'm not just serving, uh, you know, like, what's going on in culture. I'm serving something higher and, like, you know, uh, 
whether it's religious or not religious, you know, but it's, yeah. it's hard to, it's, it's hard to really dig your heels in with that because there isn't like this whole, there, there isn't even a vaguely shared idea yeah. of what like higher of like yeah. what is the good, you know, this yeah, like definitely. vertical sense of good, better, best. I mean, everything is just like, Oh, apples and oranges, man. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you're making drone music. I'm making super complex prog. Like he's rapping. This guy's just making noise. I mean, it's just all, yeah. I mean, it's it's beautiful, but it's hard to. Yeah. Every, to, yeah. To, everything's so fractured and sort of atomized now, and and kind of the state that we're in, where everyone now, partly thanks to the internet, sort of everyone sort of has their own niche that they they've sort of gone off to and and sort of found their corner. And I've I've noticed, you know, so yeah. uh, finding sort of a common idea in any any genre, any. Any any artistic medium even is is much much just more difficult now than before. Um, what I've yeah noticed. yeah like when you're like yeah like when you when things are totally atomized to like the individual or to right. or to tiny little micro genres that like don't even last that long or something. Right. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, like we talk about vaporwave, you know, like that's a micro genre within a micro genre almost. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like something like vaporwave. Like yeah. Like was there ever? Maybe I missed. You know. Like really the all the ins and outs of that genre but like yeah like was the, was there ever at any point within vaporwave for example like you're saying yeah was there ever a thing where it's like okay you know we have as a community arrived at this sort of shared aesthetic field of what this is and there is there is a good better and best uh you know striving to be like the best vaporwave and like this is shitty vaporwave and this is like <laughs> a really good primo like you know what i mean it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, did, yeah. Did, did that aesthetic uh pocket i mean did that even congeal enough that someone yeah. could be like oh this guy's we're dragging this guy off the bandstand and beating him up you know this guy <laughs> yeah you know, he it's like slow you know, down that 80s hit too well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's like <laughs> this diana ross song isn't slowed down to yeah it's not the quite the right bpm like you didn't <laughs> right. really yeah there's no, not enough but, like anime girl graphics on your on your uh, screen you have on stage there. No, yeah, I, I would like <laughs> to see that kind of level of. I mean, that's one of the things I thought was cool about rap, like in the early. You know, I've never been a super like a deep hip hop head by any chance by any right. uh, means, but I loved that early, even just the spirit of like you can't rhyme, I can rhyme. Like I'm mm, yeah. a better MC. I mean, it has that jazz energy of mm. like. There's an agreed upon, you know, like we, we share, right. we share this thing enough that we can compete within it. Right. Uh, I mean, compete is almost doesn't even necessarily, doesn't, doesn't even necessarily have to yeah. be competition, but I mean, just this striving and respect for like, oh, that guy's got, you know, he's, right. I'm right. doing it better than me, you know. I almost think people have become allergic to, um, I guess the sense trying of, of, of the idea of objectivity in that sort of way. Cause I guess. That's one thing, you know, that I always found in like internet discussions about music, which, you know, when I was younger, which I just can't even engage in anymore because it just like, drives me crazy is people are just so, af so afraid to like, you know, stand up and like say something to in that might even sound objective and people and people don't like to hear that. Like people are always like, well, do, well, that's maybe that might, that's just your opinion, my man. And it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, sure. It's my opinion, but like also... Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not talking in that I'm not talking in that axiom, you know. It's like I'm 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 trying to reach a deeper thing here than just like, you know, like you're bad because this, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, people are allergic to that since to like trying to to like having an i an idealized version of something. I think sometimes. 
Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's, and it leads it when there's no higher thing of like, this is what beauty is, you know, this is what good counterpoint is, or like, this is what an elegant key modulation is, or like, this is what good jazz playing is. Yeah. Like when you don't have any kind of sense of like striving for, you know, higher than it ends up just things end up just becoming marked by just the the capitalist uh you know just business it just yeah, becomes I, like oh okay right. well ultimately how many likes are you getting i mean ultimately right. <laughs> yeah right. really you, you know since we can't really agree on anything we don't want to say <laughs> like we don't want to say that like how many likes you have like 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 we we don't want your follower count to be the the thing that measures your worth because that's so crass and dark but hey i mean if, if we can't agree on what a good chord progression is and it's all subjective I guess our only objective measurement is just fucking money, you know? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's just, which is, which is, which is, yeah, I mean, which is depressing, you know? So it's, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I talked about that a little bit in the, in the Justin Murphy interview though. And in yeah. my, um, in one of my own videos about just the idea of hierarchy, you know, people yeah. are so allergic to this idea. And frankly, I have an allergy to it too. Cause we all do. Oh, cause absolutely. that's just, cause that's just sort of what the culture, you know, like what we live in this sort of like, like, you know, especially if you're cr critical of capitalism or you're critical of business or just the way things work, it's like you end up being allergic to hierarchy, but then you don't have that aesthetic striving or, or it, it puts, yeah. it makes it hard yeah. to, it, it, it's hard to be totally on your own and just being like, okay, I am atomized in this thing where I'm not actually like I am living to some weird extent as an artist in like a niche of one. Mm. but yet still trying to hang on to or create for yourself that sense of like good, better, best, like mm. striving upwards, yeah. you know, comparing. I mean, I guess you're just competing against yourself or, or whatever, but it's like, um, yeah. It's, it's good to have perspective in that, in that regard, I suppose. I, I suppose if I were to make, I, I mean, obviously we're kind of getting to this anyways, but the counterpoint of course would be, um, you know, creating some sort of elitist hierarchy where, where certain things are considered, you know, degenerate art, like how the Nazis did back in the day. You know, we're <laughs> we're talking about that kind of stuff. We want to talk about when we want to talk about hierarchies. We can talk about how. I mean, you talked about um, Schoenberg earlier, right? I mean, he was he was he was um, accused of degeneracy by the Nazi Party. I guess and, so. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he was also a, a Jewish composer in you know sure. Austria, so that obviously was was part of it, but. Obviously, this is an extreme example, but I think there's there's kind of extremes on either end of the spectrum here, and and it, I always think it's kind of good to look out for like what what we would consider like an objective mark of quality versus like maybe what are some like personal cultural assumptions we have about quality or like personal um, ideas and and are are those informed by maybe some sort of I don't know, elitist personal views that we might have. So I guess that's kind of what I, I try to balance out in my, in my mind. Yeah. Days. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, it's almost impossible to not have a balanced sort of multiple perspective view of that now. Right. Cause I mean, we just right. don't come out of a culture where that, that even really allows for that kind of like, this is degenerate art thing. Sure. So I feel, I, sure. I feel what you're saying. I mean, it's yeah. cool. Oh, no. it's, I mean, it's cool to not have that because you're not dealing with Nazis burning books and, 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 uh, well, what, 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 well maybe we are soon, you know, yeah. But, um, but you know, but see, it's, it wasn't just, but I mean, it wasn't just like, you know, it's funny because you know I use the word degenerate because it's just like it's so uncomfortable and it like does right, smack right. that of that Nazi shit. But but at the same time, I mean, I they weren't using the same language. But I mean, if you take on like the left side, 
of yeah. those times. You know, like, I mean, Adorno, like, you know, inf- infamously was like trashing jazz. Yeah. I don't know right. if he used the word degenerate. I mean, probably he didn't. I don't know. But but this idea that uh, that jazz was like not really uh, um, f- fulfilling the aesthetics, you know, higher aesthetics that are needed, to, right. you know, to really be deep and a lot of those, I think that those people who are really into Schoenberg and into like serialism and stuff, I mean, I think there is a lot of that kind of elitism was actually anti-capitalist in a way because it would be like, yeah, because there's this sense of like capitalism and modern industry and the culture industry and mechanical reproduction right. that, that 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 stuff has sort of degenerated, mm-hmm. uh, you know, higher like spiritual values right. you know what i mean right. so it wouldn't oh be no like, i oh, totally get you you know what i'm saying like so it wouldn't be like yeah. oh this is degenerate because it's jewish it would be like it's degenerate because it's, it's cra- crass because it's crass commercial you know yeah um, yeah yeah which in a weird sometimes those two goes hand in hand anyway but yeah like um yeah i forgot well so yeah i mean on that topic of like nazi not nazi people call it the, you know the the third reich you know the degenerate art thing i mean this yeah. is where you know some of these people you know again not not fascist but these really reactionary types online like this culture right. like uh people who are maybe not not on like the race angle of it but are just on like the trad yeah. you know yeah. Ret- yeah, return yeah. to tradition <laughs> like you know right wing like weightlifter types you know right right they're based and red pilled yeah types. yeah based and red pilled <laughs> like there, there there is there are reasons right why that's appealing to some people just oh, on the sure, level sure. of like just the whole like you know post physique man post post physique like where are you at right. like where you know just yeah. this thing yeah. of like striving upwards right right yeah. i totally it's, respect it's, that it's like yeah. the, it's like this cartoonish it's like this yeah. cartoonish like getting out of hand version of like asking a serious question of like well you know are there how can we have standards how can we have an agreed upon set of values that we're that we're striving for together and that people can be good better and best at you you know i mean it asks that question but you know of course it gets yeah it gets like a caricature when you're like you know you got like the giga chad meme and the right right whatever Yeah, I think, you know, that, people, I guess that would be my concern is like, where do we draw the line between striving for the best version of of of, of your personal uh, form of expression, be it art or physique or whatever? And how do we measure that versus like, what's a what's a weird, harmful societal standard and what's what we consider to be just something good to strive for? I know, I know. Yeah, no, because, yeah, like you want to have the freedom of course, right. yeah. Like, of course, there's the beautiful freedom of like, man, everyone just make your stuff and just, you know, yeah. like, let it out, yeah. man. Make some, you know, be who you are. It's like, we love that, obviously. You know, right. we obviously sure. love, you know, and that is a sense of quote unquote equality. I mean, to, right. right. you know, so it's it's just the vertical and the horizontal, you know, I don't know. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in metal, I feel like in extreme metal, that's an area where there is, there is some, there is there can be a there's like a certain level of agreed upon aesthetics where you can like i do in metal i do hear people saying things along the lines of 
yeah, that band has no riffs, like those yeah, weak, yeah. weak riffs, yeah. you know, where it's not just like, yeah. ooh, like their vibe and they've got their own thing and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, no, are the riffs there or not? Or it's like when people <laughs> say, oh, this is not metal. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, right, right. That, you know, people say, oh, that's gatekeeping. And I'm like, well, is gatekeeping really inherently bad? That's how you make a thing a thing, right? There's yeah. some exclusion, you know? It's just like... Right. So, yeah, I know there's this line about, like, when is stuff just, like, over-the-top reactionary, like, right. you know, whatever, right. crush the weak, <laughs> or, <Yeah. laughs> you know, or, like, or, or when is it a good, healthy kind of exclusion of, like, nah, man, you can't, you can't sit with us unless you get the, the riffs down, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I feel like, you know, with, with as chaotic as things are in the world, especially in culture, it's, uh, sometimes there's got to be something to latch on to, I mean yeah it gets out of hand (laughs) it's good yeah it it is good to have a certain level of like meaning and something to strive for so uh, yeah i I mean just to be able to say that something's not good i i don't know like is that even a thing anymore like 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 that's not good music like i try try to i don't know yeah that's something i always tiptoe around we I can say Lulu by Metallica is not good music. I, yeah, I know there are these glaring <laughs> examples that oh, like no. provide got, provide no, see, like see, a punching you guys, bag. You know? But you see, guys, you're wrong. It's great. <laughs> is it? I, dude, I, you know what? I I hadn't I haven't listened to it. Is oh, it man. good, Banks? I think honestly, I don't know if my this 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 opinion has the rigor of actually like having sat down and listened to the album in full. But I I I go full contrary on this one. My uh-huh. I my opinion is not in this. I don't think it's as bad as like the people who, who who were like. So I was I was really like into like uh, some like metal websites um, back when it came out. Like I would read. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Metalstorm.net. <laughs> Doug, I told you we're not supposed to say the name of the website on the podcast. <laughs> I never checked out Metalstorm, but is is that like just oh, oh, ignorant or what? Oh, terrible! This is the worst place on the internet <laughs> they're pretty they get pretty elitist over there or at least they did oh, i don't know oh. i don't know oh, it's like I, calling stuff false and 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 sometimes i mean things could be different now but back then that album was like derided really badly and i mean probably for good yeah. reason it, it, it's like a weird like artifact of culture that shouldn't exist you know lulu because it's like yeah. it's definitely not like the it's the problem is it doesn't really appeal to, it's it's an album that's literally made for no one to enjoy because it's, <laughs> right. metallica fans were never going to like it like that's just like do- door shut closed never yeah and like lou reed fans probably weren't gonna like it you know yeah i found that once i started listening to more like velvet underground and more lou reed i, I started to understand it more i was like oh it's just lou reed being lou it's just lou being yeah. lou he's doing something weird so i don't think it's terrible i probably it's probably great if i listen to it again you i could probably say yep it's great it kind of reminds me of like like newer the newer swans albums kind of mm. it has like the it has a little bit of that like kind of repetitious like weird droning vocal and then you got the music that's really like re- repetitious and yeah and, man maybe and, i'll um, have to check that out oppressive but uh you know don't 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 come at me with pitchforks if it's not good i don't uh, <laughs> this is just this is an opinion that i haven't exactly put to the test but it's definitely something that i feel in my heart i'm like there's no way it's as bad as people say it is yeah uh, I, I was like uh yeah, I was listening to, I remember when that came out, I was listening to, to Jim Norton, you know, the comedian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just just like tra- trashing it and getting so, getting mad about it. He was like, I hate that too cool for the room kind of vocals, you know, like that. Oh, movie. yeah. You know, he was like, and Hetfield's got so much power, you know, he's a powerful vocalist. And like, he just, he's being dragged down by this too cool for the room slacker thing. And I'm like, you know what, I can... <laughs> 
I can see how somebody, I can yeah. see how Jim Norton, how that bothers him, you know? That's the, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like people who like, people who like Metallica or, you know, are listening to that album because, you know, it's like, oh, Metallica put, did a thing. What is this? Never going, they had, there was no chance. Like it, right. it, it never had a chance. So do you, do you like the record because it, it, it just aspires to absolutely no aesthetic, like higher ideal at all? Th- at all? Like it's so yeah. misled that it's just like. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing quite like it. Like I can't think of any other example of music where, especially like a collaboration where it's like, it just does, where it just doesn't, it seems like, like it's something like that. It's something like Lulu that makes me feel like, are we living in just like a randomly generated uh, uh, simulation of some kind? Because it's like <laughs> these two things don't make any sense together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people now kind of look at it as sort of a so bad it's good kind of album. Um, I, I hear a lot of people compare it to like the movie The Room as, as just this really ridiculously ill-informed piece of work that um, that is just kind of hilarious to listen to like just the weird contrast as you said like the too cool for the room the room lou reed sort of droning on with james hetfield occasionally chiming in going i am the table with uh, God, you know, i gotta check this out then i can't I, yeah. I can't believe i left i can't believe i missed this i feel like well i just feel like when i think about it i just think um oh shit what was i gonna say when i feel like i just i think Oh man, I had something that I was gonna say. It just completely departed yeah. from my you mind. You think of Lars Ulrich's snare drum slowly mm-hmm. destroying the last year brain cells. Oh no, I just mm-hmm. I, I think yeah, it's gone. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, well, I mean, yeah. Point. This may be. Per- I mean, perhaps Lulu. You know, yeah, it's an example of just when you don't have enough of a shared aesthetic, higher ideal that you just end up thinking you can, uh, you know, just do whatever weird collaboration and it's gonna somehow be good. I remember what I was gonna say just now. I think that. I think when they made it, they made, they, what they tried to do, they did. Like the album is exact, like, it's not like they tried to do something and failed. I think the album is actually like, they tried to do something and they did it and no one liked it. Like, that's what I think it <laughs> well, that's, is. It's like, that's well, that's cool. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, there Which is. is- kind of a there's not a lot of stuff like that you know usually people usually people eventually come around to things like you know you think about the ride of spring people rioted at the premiere of that but now it's like people love it of course yeah. i guess it took like 50 years for that to become the the truth or whatever but like i can't think of an example where something people hate people hated something because it was right and it worked <laughs> yeah 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 you also got to wonder yeah looking back at like uh older times i don't know especially medieval or renaissance music but even like classical era you know stuff like you gotta want like the only stuff that st- that the only stuff you hear about are like great works oh yeah you don't <laughs> I, so you know you you wonder what kind of terrible like if if there were a bunch of just terrible ideas collabs or something you know back in like the 18th century like stuff oh. you don't hear about that's like the equivalent of like lulu or whatever you know like just mm. Maybe. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure if people were like as free, musicians were as free to like do just terribly bad ideas at that point. I don't know. There's fewer people making music in ancient times. Yeah. I mean, that's another mm-hmm. thing, you know, now it's just like everyone plays I don't know, or just does music. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody can, everyone can pirate Ableton. Yeah, so it's, so. This, yeah, it's such a, yeah, I mean, it's a totally different thing of what it, what it even means to make music in, in, in like modern times, you know? Yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's almost too much to think about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, oh Lord, it's, what is music anymore? Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, I don't know. What else, what else is on your mind, fellas? Uh, like, uh, uh, um, man, 
there's just there there there's probably you know tons of stuff i i because because there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of uh, I watched like a bunch of YouTube videos when I found it. And I feel like every I feel like there was definitely a like a, pe- a point where I was like, ooh, I would ask him about this if I could interview him, but it's probably gone from now. Oh yeah, it's um, cool I, you got into me from the YouTube. Anyway, I yes, thought right. your video about the uh, the the video about Prague was interesting. The one where you talked about that old I, the video titled uh, "The Whitest Music Can Still Be Good" or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I thought that video was interesting. I thought you were kind oh, of touching on some interesting stuff in that uh, in that one. Um, was that yeah. a response to the? There was that. What, what what publication was it that said like prog rock, the whitest music ever made, or whatever? Yes, yes. So you remember yeah. that article that I was? I yeah. remember the article. Yeah, that, yeah, I that, that article. article <laughs> people in our yeah, corner of music like remember that, right? That, like. Well, I, um, yeah. I just yeah. remember that article because I remember when I heard the title of that article. I, I sent just, you that article, Banks. No, I think I heard about it oh. before you, but it was oh, definitely okay. when I heard about that article, I just completely, I immediately dismissed it out of hand as like, that's just patently false, first of all. Um, yeah. But, but I think you talked in your video, you, you got into, you got a little bit more deeper into it because um, you talked about the nature of like progress or whatever and then music. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that article is from 20, 2017. Which in the is... in in the uh, in the Atlantic, which just seemed weird to me because it's like such a big, serious publication to just have this thing in 2017 just trashing prog rock. Like it's like yeah. why exactly like, are we doing like, this now? <laughs> like, it's like first of all, nobody 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 cares about prog rock. Like who is this for? Like, I, I know I know it's bizarre. It's like the yeah, yeah it's, but um, well you know I I don't know it's something I like to do in the music. Uh, I, sorry, it's something I like to do in the YouTube sometimes is to take uh. I like I take something that 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 I right off the bat knee jerk I'm like ugh like this is so dumb but then try to like uh steel man try to steel man it, yeah. you, you know like I which I love that expression I get Justin Murphy I sort of yeah. I heard that from him yeah just g- give 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 it the most generous interpretation I can and like try yeah. to th- the the thing that the thing that the, the yeah, the uh, the point of view that bothers me and just seems so dumb off the bat. Try to be like, well, what isn't dumb about this? What could I get on board? So that that was just one of those. Yeah, that article just like I kept remembering it because I was just like, yeah, the point of the article. He was just like, Prague is so white, right? That's lame. And it was just you know, right? It's it's part of this vibe of like, right? Yeah, like why is Prague? Why would you even write an article about Prague in 2017? It's like, well, because everyone's writing articles about how whiteness is bad yeah. and like you know, et cetera, you know, capital W whiteness is like this, you know, scourge upon humanity or whatever. And that like Prague is just the most, you know, disgusting example that just needs to be like, <laughs> like absolutely just cut out of history. Like, so I just wanted to be like, okay, like I hate this whole genre of like, of like, oh, white people suck. You know, it's like, but yeah. then at the same time being like, no, but actually no, but I actually am, even though I hate that kind of, even though I hate that, that, that kind of, you know, from the past decade, this kind of like, you know, trashing, you know, white people for no fucking reason. I also am like, no, wait though, like what he means by whiteness and what a lot of critical race theory mean by whiteness, I do get what they mean and it is bad. And it is, it is something that needs to be critiqued, like profoundly critiqued. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, this guy seems like annoying, but I was like, what is legit about what he's saying? And so then I was like, okay, Prague, you know, there is something quote unquote white about Prague. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, I've always thought, I always, 
although I will say the interesting thing about that video is that you came at it as someone who is not necessarily a fan of Prague, uh, which is, I can't say for myself, I'm a little too married to my, my King Crimson and my Yes records, but, uh, but uh, I, did, I see what uh-huh. you mean, because that music is definitely really like a, uh, it's like, you know, it's very European in that, as I think that's what they mean, is like, it's like, it's like a Europeanness. it's like a European, like, kind of like pompousness that that is is what they what what i think is yeah the thing that's offensive to, to them well that's yeah yeah well this is the thing because like i don't hate or love Prague. i kind of just have this it's like always with me because people yeah. i play with always love it and my own music sort of inadvertently be, is Prague, even without being influenced by you know those bands like but well the, well the thing yeah oh yeah for sure yeah but <laughs> The thing in that, yeah, but I, the thing in that article or the thing in the video I was saying is like, it, it is actually sort of that, that, uh, that in, in Prague, you can see the difference between whiteness and Europeanness. that there actually is like that sort of a difference yeah. where it's like Europeanness is this sort of legitimately rooted actual cultural thing that comes from something that has a history and is actually real. You know, mm-hmm. like classical music is European. Yeah. In that it's, I mean, it's in, it's not just white, it's European, like it's indigenous European right. yeah. music, right, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But then, but the whiteness of Prague is that it's this sort of fantasy of Europe yeah. that's coming from yeah. this point of view that isn't really European, it's just white, yeah. which, mm. so that's where I kind of agree with that. Yeah, or I I buy and understand that sort of critical race theory angle on it, where it's like, yeah, yeah there's nothing wrong with Europeanness, but there is something wrong with whiteness because it's like just this sort of disconnected, uh, you know, race based. I don't know, and not that Prague is racially based, but it's like, yeah, no, definitely. It's like it's like it's like people that don't have any roots people that aren't really connected with the history of European music, but just fantasizing right. how awesome and glorious it. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. You know, you know, but it's like it's coming from this, yeah, this sort of non cultural. More of a I'm connected by skin color rather than. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I mean, not that, I mean, not that Prague musicians think that, you know, not that they're like interested in race or whiteness on any level, but just that, just that whiteness is like this, this, this like non, uh, yeah, just this rootlessness, you know, it's like this this sort of like root. Yeah. It's not connected to anything really like deep culturally. It's just Yeah, of, like yeah. it's just it's just power like or it's just this right. sort of new, right. neutral mainstream like n- normality or something like right. I, I don't know. But then I don't know. But see but that's also kind of what I like about Prague though is because it's like this fantasy of like what progress and quality is, but yeah. like people don't like it and it just ends up becoming like <laughs> like it, it it's like so not what they wanted it to be but that's kind of what yeah. i like about it it's yeah. like they, they were like oh no we're gonna like take rock forward and we're gonna make it even better by like reintroducing all the european aspects but it doesn't come off as european like yeah. at all it just yeah, comes right. off as like white fantasizing so like i kind of that's like what's terrible and what's awesome about it you know like yeah, no. right? like a fantasy like i, I, yeah. I like that Cause it's, it's, yeah. Cause like, you know, I think about Prague and it's like, uh, it's like, it's like, it's just rock music, but it's like, oh yeah, the songs are a little longer, you know, it's like, what's strictly <laughs> European about it. It sounds, right. it sounds explicitly to me, like it's coming from, you know, the tradition of, of rock music more than like Europeanness, but it definitely has that, like, you know, has that element of what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. 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 And I also got into that idea of progress, you know, that's sort of, 
man. I mean, this is one of these things I think a lot, I think a lot about, but I try to stay in my lane and not, uh, I try to, I, I try to stay in my lane with talking about big ideas that I'm prepared to talk about to a certain extent, yeah. but I don't want to get beyond what I can really say that, that's legit. Yeah. But um, I do think a lot about the idea of progress uh, because, you know, with this philosophy uh, stuff in the theory realm, uh, there is such a crisis of just what is progress? Where are things going? Where have things been going since the enlightenment? You know, that whole meme of like, which way Western man, Yeah. you know, like, um, the, like, just the extent to just even the, the name Prague, you know, the idea yeah. that things are going to be, are going to progress. Yeah. You know, what, what, what's more, what, what is, what constitutes progress? Like somehow reintroducing this fantasy of classical music, European elements into rock music, or is the progress punk, you know, moving yeah. further away from that and stripping things down which is also sort of a fantasy in a way of like raw rawness or authenticity yeah, or, you know, primal whateverness, you know, it like there's so much fantasizing. I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> but we're, de we're definitely reaching a point where it's like unclear what progress really, really means. I mean, yeah, I, absolutely. I'd say so. I mean, especially now in like music, it's hard to find like what the, what the new stuff is like, what's, what's, what's truly new, but I mean, you know, this is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like what feels like, oh, this is where things are going. I mean, you don't, you don't hear people talking about stuff yeah. in, in that way, really. I guess these micro genres, mm. I don't know, I guess vaporwave and then chill wave before that. And then mm. these witch house, you know, these things over the past 10, 15 years. I mean, I guess that's a sense of newness, mm. but is that really progress or is it just novelty? Yeah, I I find a lot of it just to sort of be a novelty thing when I when I see a lot of that cuz I, I mean a lot of that a lot of that stuff is usually just some like light recontextualizing of something that already existed in the past anyways too, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I think vaporwave was that, right? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what vaporwave was really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, yeah. I think you know with the advent of the of the internet we have a luxury of looking at the past that people even like 30 years ago didn't quite have. So yeah, yeah, for I feel sure. that's, that's kind of a fixture of a lot of this music is like now, now we can actually kind of examine the past in a way that we, that people might not have been able to, you know, in like, even like the eighties or early nineties, you know? Mm. Yeah. 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 No, I know. Yeah. This sort of, yeah. Like just omnivorous kind of thing that like the young, young millennials and, and zoom and zoomers, have just this complete, you know, cause I'm 40. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. from, you know, I've grew up in that slight, not pre-internet, but pre real online culture, you know, yeah. thing of like where, yeah, just like the quantity of music that I'd be ingesting as a young kid was just less, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, just, yeah, like we were talking about an ancient, more ancient times, like early music and stuff. Uh, see, this is where I don't want to get too out of my lane, you know, myself yeah. fantasizing and projecting on the past. So, you know, uh, right. mm -hmm. disclaimer that this may just be me fantasizing based on, you know, uh, some whatever. But, um, but yeah, like, it seems to me like, it seems to me like in ancient times that are like pre-enlightenment, there's less of an idea of progress, yeah. right? I mean, there's less of an idea of linear history, uh, of, of moving forward. I, I don't know if there was zero concept of that, but I mean, I, I know that it's definitely said that, you know, 
I mean, definitely in ancient Greece, you know, they didn't have as much of a sense of like moving forward, mankind getting better and better and better. I don't know. Yeah. There's like less of a linear. So it would seem to me, I don't know, medieval times, you've got, like I was saying, there's a shared, some kind of a shared sense of what beauty is and you can aspire upward to a, you know, uh, this is able to put value judgments on what's good and bad. And then I suppose when you get into the enlightenment and you get into the modern period, it may, even with a sense of progress, maybe there is this shared sense of what progress should be. Yeah. So even though things are changing, there's at least a shared, at least when new things come out and new aesthetics happen, at least there's the shared yeah. sense of like, oh, is this the good way to have progress? Or this is this a bad form? You know, is this really moving forward? Or is this just moving to the side? But now, now that the sense of progress is now dead again, and we're back yeah. to this more like uh, not forward looking kind of yeah. sense. It's like, how do you then how do you then have a shared aesthetic sense of values of good, better, and best when you don't have a shared sense of what the most high is like God, yeah. and you don't have a sense of what the higher, the better version of moving forward is. It's like, how do you have any value judgments on stuff? Yeah. It's very hard, you know? Yeah. Like how can a micro genre be anything other than novelty and just an, like a, you know, another right. commodity just to be thrown in the trash when you're done with it. It's like, yeah. 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 I, and I think to some degree, um, sort of the, the more, the secularization of, of the world, at least, at least sort of the, the Western world has had a lot to do with that as well. Cause obviously back in, you know, medieval Europe, you know, they were very concerned about, you know, you know, God and religion and all that. And so that, that they weren't concerned about the future. They were concerned about the afterlife. So it's like, yes, it's like yes. that, that aspiration doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, you know, there might be some people who, there might be some people who, you know, think that way. And there might be some people who profess to believe that way, but don't actually. But I don't right. think it's, it's not ubiquitous like it was back then. Yeah, yeah. You don't have this shared idea of what God even is, you know. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like you had God. This is like just when you start painting in such broad strokes. It's like a real historian would listen to me and be like, Jesus fucking Christ. But it does seem to me, right, it's like, it's like medieval. You've got, you don't have progress, but you have God. And then that's shared. Then, then you get more into like reason and a more rationalized sense of the world where God starts to get eroded by reason. But then at least you have a set progress is this shared yeah. thing more this and based on reason or supposedly now reason's done and God ain't coming back. So it's like just, it's super dark, you know, it's just it's very, very dark. dark. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, Mark Fisher though, you know, with all his pessimism, all his pessimism about, you know, capitalist realism, is there no alternative, you know, the slow cancellation of the future. I mean, as pessimistic as he was, at least he believed in a, I mean, he wanted a future. Yeah. I mean, enough, enough to be sad about it. I mean, enough yeah. to be legitimately and ultimately fatally depressed, yeah. uh, you know, about there being no future. And I mean, I don't remember the whole I don't remember exactly how he breaks it down, but in some of his stuff, he talks about how novelty, yeah, novelty in many ways stunts progress or like tech, like technological innovation actually like hampers progress. Whereas like in the past it drove progress. Um, something like that. Yeah. I, don't, I can know, see, like I can a... see like what he might mean by that. If that's what he said. 
Yeah, like I mean, because he talks about post-capitalist desire, which yeah. is now coming out. That that I think that's a collection of essays, or or maybe mm-hmm. it's half of a book that he didn't finish or something. But right. post-capitalist desire. I mean, just even the idea of saying post-capitalist, you're like, there could be something after where we're at. I mean, yeah. it, as as dark as as unclear, you know, as hard as it is to imagine a future, he still wanted some kind of yeah a, a, a future. So, um, I I don't know if he wrote a bunch about vaporwave. I'd like to see what else I might have missed that he wrote over yeah. the past 10 years, you know, in, in the tens, because, uh, you know, I, I'd like to get his read on, on, on some of the micro genres, you know, yeah. and whether he thought that was progress or whether he thought it was just more novelty that was, that was hampering progress, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I mean, I can tell you from my, from my own stuff, I do not have a sense of progress at all. There is yeah. absolutely no sense that I, if for me that I am pushing things forward, um, and, uh, <clears throat> I'm really trying to, especially with this next stuff that I'm working on that I don't want to reveal too much about, but the next stuff is I'm trying to, I'm trying to retreat from the world so much mm-hmm. that I really want to focus on some concept of like the most high, you know, yeah. even though, I mean, I like to say that I believe in God because that sentence means something to me that's very yeah. real but i can't pretend that i'm talking right. about something that is yeah. shared on some kind of you know like yeah. <laughs> like god means the same thing to us and we're all like striving for you know you can't even pretend that would be like you know to even pretend that so um but i am trying more than ever to harness that sort of sense of being outside of history yeah and trying to have some sense of uh that we're not dealing with progress. And you know what, even if we aren't dealing with some shared sense of a non-progressive, uh, uh, you know, just striving upwards and staying where we are to serve God, even though we can't agree on it, I, I'm very much trying to harness that energy, yeah. you know, as, as much as I possibly can, just some idea of greatness, mm-hmm. you know, that there is beauty and there is ugliness and there's a better way to do things and there's a worse way to do things. And, uh, even if no one's going to drag me off the bandstand and beat me up for playing weak riffs to, to do that to myself and to have some kind of striving upward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think I see what you mean. I think from, from my own sort of musical journey, I, I, I haven't really thought about it and developed in that way. Cause I'm still very much in a very, you know, phase of music where it's like, it, it's all kind of, like I said, very compulsive, very impulsive, just like whatever kind of feels like the right thing to do at the time is what I end up doing. But there is like a, there is something I hear in my head that I'm trying to sculpt from, you know, these impulses ultimately. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you could make something and you could sincerely feel like I failed, you know, like you could actually look at yourself and like not pat yourself on the back and be like, this should be scrapped. Like this is just, you know. That's kind of my thing with playing jazz. Uh, I had a very rough pretty much until so i you know I, I before covid hit i was dead set on like you know being a being a jazz musician in like you know the the, the sense of like i'm going to go to jam sessions i'm going to hang with all the cats here in town uh, i live in atlanta which actually has a really um surprisingly vibrant jazz scene does it cool that's uh, yeah, great which people don't people don't expect but it actually i would it, yeah i could yeah. imagine i love atlanta is it i mean i I don't want to act like this matters too much, but just out of cultural curiosity, is it like white or black or what is it both? What's pretty, the like? Pretty, pretty, pretty mixed, you know? Is um, it? Yeah. I mean, I think jazz generally is a little bit whiter than it used to be now, but like in overall, like most modern 
a lot of the modern jazz musicians lean to be more white than I, I think that's turning around though banks i think it's think i think so? it's i think it's just starting to yeah because i i, I know i absolutely know like when i was like hmm. well when that, i was into jazz yeah. in high school it was like yeah it was kind of like this white thing but then there were also the black jazz musicians in new york that were kind of like on the winton marsalis tip kind of like uh, a little bit more like you know, yeah. there's a little bit more of like a black identity thing to it, but yeah. but I'm noticing in New York now there's like, uh, not even just in New York, even with like more straight ahead stuff like Kamasi Washington or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, but um, I feel like I'm seeing this resurgence of jazz being like part of black, yeah, you know, of what? contemporary yeah. young. It's just just starting to come come back around, and it's cool. But I, I don't want to overemphasize. I, I'm well, just I interested. I, yeah, I see what interested. you mean. I actually see what you mean. And now that you mentioned it, that that that. that that actually does reflect what I've seen because, um, but yeah, here in Atlanta, it's like, it's a pretty well mixed, you know, of, of, you know, yeah. culturally. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of Asian people too. There's a, yeah. there's, a there's a pretty big Asian population. in this Is part. there that? I didn't know. Yeah. Like nor North Atlanta, there's a pretty big Asian population. Actually. Dude, Atlanta's cool, man. Atlanta this is, is, is confidence. Yeah. People, people don't, people are asleep on Atlanta, which is good because it's cheap to live here. So uh, relative. All right, well, I'll, I'll move down there and uh, see if I can uh, increase the, the property values. <laughs> yeah, gonna man. Gentrify Atlanta. I'm going to gentrify <laughs> Atlanta. No, yeah. no, no. Where, I, uh, where, where are you based, Doug? I'm up in Bellingham, Washington. So. Oh wow! Everything. Look at this, uh, yeah. 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 Doug and I have been friends for about ten years now, and we've actually never met in person. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love this online. I yeah. love the online thing, man. Wait, Doug, are you um? Oh, so you guys just met through music online or, or what? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that was like 10 years ago now, so. Oh, yeah. wow. I love I'm not, it. I'm not really like, I'm not nearly a, as much of an expert as, as Banks is on a lot of this stuff. Um, for me, it's more of a hobby kind of, a, kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. But no, me, I, I just deliver the mail. That's my thing. <laughs> Wait, how do you mean, like, deliver the message I, on, on music? No, no, no. I, I literally deliver mail. I'm a postman. Oh, cool. That's All right. My, yeah, yeah. That's my job. He, he's a, a real American here. A real? Yeah, you're, like, actually, you're actually doing something that you can tell somebody what you're doing, and they're like, right. that's a job that exists. Yeah. Right, right. That's you're, most of what I, what I do, yeah. I mean, you nice. can't even imagine. Like, I'm, you know, I'm about to finish this master's degree, hopefully, this semester, and my family's like, so what's next? And I'm like, what? What fucking kind of question is that? Look at the world. Look outside; yeah, yeah. it's burning down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's like, yeah, but I. Yeah. And that's I mean, that gets kind of to what I was saying. You know, before COVID, I was like, I was really um, dead set on being a, a jazz musician. I was going mm. to the sessions. I was hanging out with musicians. I was, I was, you know, I was getting my chops together. I was learning and you know new tunes all the time. And then, you know, once, once the, once the, uh, once, you know, once all the jam, se jam sessions disappeared at the beginning of COVID and I actually had to move back home from Atlanta for like half a year because yeah. I had to, I lost, I lost my lease and it was just like, it really, Dude, we've like, all been there, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> it really changed my, my perspective. Now I just kind of, um, I feel like it put me back, it put, put me more in my own lane now. And I'm kind of like finding more, cause I still play the saxophone obviously. And, mm -hmm. but I also, I've started writing, you know, writing songs, writing, you know, metal songs or prog songs. And I do a lot of home recording, which is really fun to me. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. think, uh, yeah. I mean, it is good to just do everything you possibly can do. I mean, just put out anything that feels real. Oh yeah. Well, I try you. to, my thing, my sort of gimmick that I've been coming into as an artist is like weird ways of delivering things, weird, like ways of like putting out music, 
you know, just like, you know, cause I write so much stuff. It's like a, it's like a, it's like OCD. I just like write, write, write. And so yeah. like, I, so like now I'm like, okay, I'm going to put out like two EPs every month. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I put stuff on out on Spotify or on Bandcamp or whatever. And it's like, I just like, all right, what am I putting out next month? Here we go. Write it. It's done. And yeah. It's just kind of like something about that. Like, um, I, you know, it's, I, I almost think of, I think of it in the same way as like practice. Yeah. I think about practicing. Cause I think about like, you know, I spent yeah. years and years practicing and learning about music and now I'm actually like practicing the art of creating and delivering music in a way is the way I think about it. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, um, I, I feel that for sure. The, the aspect of practice in the world of jazz is so cool to me. I mean, yeah. that's just something obviously that exists in classical music as well, but it's, Oh, in yeah. jazz it's particular yeah. right because well, yeah, you're cause, doing yeah because you get you know you know stories about coltrane practicing in the bathroom during mccoy tyner's piano solos on impressions or whatever and it's like you know the <laughs> the idea of you know it's almost like being a jazz musician now it's like you, you almost can't escape that stereotype i find it's like i as so many people i know and i used to be really on like jazz instagram you know i used to follow a bunch of saxophone players and like it's everybody everybody is all they, people stay shedding like it is just insane yeah man yeah well the, yeah what i love about that is that it's like you're striving for greatness on a sort of supposed like at least attempting the objective level like we're talking about you know yeah. some kind of aesthetic paradigm that like you could fail or succeed at right yeah but then you're also practicing the totally personal aspect having your own voice on the instrument, you know, oh, yeah, which, definitely. which, which isn't like right or wrong or good or bad. It's just personal. So it's like, you're kind of doing both, you know? Yeah, definitely. But I, f I feel what you're saying with the thing of like releasing stuff on the internet becomes like a, or just releasing music becomes a form of practice. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's like the more prolific you are with it. Like you're talking about becoming, it's like the less precious it's, it's, it's less, uh, there's a less of a preciousness to it, yeah. you know, like, it's not like, Ooh, like wait two years to hear my record. Yeah. It's more just like yeah. putting out EPs, putting out smaller things, you know, not like shopping it around to labels and seeing who's down to press how many copies, you know, just being like, yeah, I'm done with it. It's out, you know, well, that's the reason I do it is to avoid like getting it. Cause I will absolutely just get into my own head about like, Oh, I got to wait to put this record out and I need to put out a single first and have, no, it's just like, I do have, I have to, I do have a project where it is more of like trying to be like trying to do it the right way or whatever. Yeah. But like, Pretty much if I put something out under my own name, so I have like a, 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 pro, a band, it's not really a band, but it's like a rock project. It would be a band if I had people to play with, but it's, you know, not. Yeah, yeah. Not. It has a name. It, it has it a is. name. So it's a project called Ocean Skies, which is just like, you know, a rock thing. And then I have like my solo project where I just like put out whatever under my own name and like genre doesn't even matter. Like I'll put out mm -hmm. like electronic shit or I make or like, it's literally just like. I'm, I'm like, I'm like the, the, the music, the delivery system of the music is like the, is like kind of the art itself. Cause I feel like right now we're in a very like, we're, you know, you know we're, we're still in a very like unsure time where, where it's, there aren't really, there's not really any rules as how to, how to get music out there like there used to be, you know? So it's like, you can kind of go your own way still. Things haven't exactly like solidified again, like they were, you know, 10, yeah. 20 years ago. Well, that I find that exciting, you know, I mean, I'm, I was, you know, like, uh, talking about, on the one hand, you know, we're talking about this sort of contemporary lack of shared, uh, lack of shared aesthetic values, and how that's atomizing and confusing, you know, I was talking about that in a negative way. But 
in a positive way. I do love what you're talking about. I mean, this yeah. sort of breakdown of the music industry, just how unclear it is, how to get stuff out. That that level of confusion and uncertainty, I'm with you. I, I like I like that. Um, the cool thing about the old way of doing things, though, is just that albums are cool. Like yeah. like mm-hmm. records are still cool. Like I still do like. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I dislike the album cycle thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of 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 like you know getting the thing physically pressed and then you hire the PR or someone you know the label does it, you know that stuff I find annoying. But the thing of making an album, I do like oh, that yeah. old, that old school thing. But um, mm-hmm. but if you just do that, if you just do it the old school way, you're missing out on yeah. everything you're talking about. Just the sort yeah. of releasing as practice and really being more and more online just as a presence and uh yeah because i i I try to i try i I try to strike a little bit of a balance like i try to say i try to make because i think about the album as like its own art form like i think about the album and like you know and it's high to me the highest ideal of an album is is something akin to a symphony you know where like Mm. maybe like like the movements of a symphony are are maybe not totally related all the time you know like you know you need to have an old beethoven symphony where it's like you'd have the first movement and you'd have like a slow movement and, and they follow a certain pattern and a certain organized form but they don't always necessarily like link with each other musically mm. and like that's what i think a great album is where it's like you have these these so- these songs that fit together in a whole even though they don't necessarily connect to each other literally Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, I still try to do that when I make like an EP. So I just call it like a, like a micro album. That's my name for an EP. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, Cause I still want there to be like a, an aesthetic that ties it together, but you know, you just have to make this compromise of the fact that people just don't want to listen to music sitting for like 45 minutes anymore. Yeah, I know. Or, or it's just a different audience, you know, it's just older, yeah. you know, people more, more my age that would listen to a whole album, but yeah, yeah you know, I think about it the same way. I never really thought about symphony, but yeah, like definitely like, like song cycle or, or yeah, whatever. Definitely. You know? Like, um, yeah. I also, I, I like the, uh, I, um, I mean, I'm a little bit too anal to like just put out tracks like every couple of weeks, you know, or something. Yeah. I mean, I do have to like rabbit hole on that stuff. Yeah. A little longer, but making doing the YouTube channel has been a big thing for me, especially during during uh, quarantine. But even even aside from that, because I started it right before COVID, like um, it definitely has been uh, my impetus with that, and just what I enjoy about it is kind of that thing of like being present a lot, having output, outputting. Yeah thoughts and ideas and just what I have going on uh, in my mind and creatively and intellectually, just putting it all out there always, you know, like, um, like the opposite of being mysterious, you know, just being totally like just visible, like as visible as possible. I really kind of like embrace that, you know, really kind of, I I, I hate it when people, yeah. I agree. um, I think that's, that's, that's the way I think about it. I just want everything to be as literal as it can be. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I just, it's, it's almost impossible. It's just everything's so hyper visible now. There's just like, there's this certain type of artistic thing of being like anonymous or invisible that like, it's not like you can't do it anymore, but it, it's kind of dying. It's kind of like over, you know? Yeah. Like it would be weird for me to just try to be like, I don't know, like who, who even is this guy? Like, yeah. what is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. well, the last just, big, artist that i can think of that tried to do that is uh the the uh we'll call them a metal band for for the sake of argument here the band ghost where all the members came on as these anonymous characters and uh, we all know how that ended up because uh 
people, because they were all listed as these anonymous ghouls or whatever, it ended up with lawsuits because people weren't getting properly paid <laughs> oh, really? for their part in their music. <laughs> really? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there was huh. these big lawsuits because because they they weren't sure like uh, you know band members weren't getting paid, but there was no real way of telling like well, you know who was who was you know responsible for what part of whatever album because they were never listed huh. as as you know under their actual names in the music. So once again, I didn't know about that. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Well, I I wonder. Yeah, I want I do I don't I don't exactly get how that would mean they can't get paid. I mean, because wouldn't they have their regular it names was, registered on ASCAP or BMI or, or uh, I mean, it eventually ended up with them getting compensated for it, but it it was a I mean, it, it was a whole legal battle where they had to prove like I did this part of this album, huh? And all this nonsense, yeah, right, right, right. huh? Interesting. Well, yeah, that band. I mean, they yeah, they're they're very popular, so there's definitely money. Right. There's definitely money there. Definitely money. I, I would I would argue that they were sort of a the last um like extremely popular band you know if we want to talk about like a common a common sort of shared like this is a popular trend thing in, in any genre um oh banks is going i'll have to i have to carry the conversation so the last the last yeah. band i'd say that was that was something of a that was something of a I, you could call it a milestone i don't know it's it's really just sort of a novelty but ghost was sort of i like ghost big, yeah I, I like them. Really, it's interesting. I'll have, to, I'll have yeah. to think about that. That they were like they're the last big yeah. rock thing. Well, right. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, not necessarily no, no rock. Other. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah I'm, I don't know what else. Yeah, I don't know what else is coming to mind as far as like big, big new bands, right? Like yeah. who's like the yeah who's like a big new band that came out. I mean, we can we can that. argue that there's been some bands that have been bigger than others. You know, Banks and I talk about like in metal music and progressive metal music, there was that whole like gent movement. But right. none, none of the artists in that movement ever were quite as big like selling out venues as Ghost was in their prime. And that's kind of the thing. I, I think of them as like, as far as pure popularity, right? they were kind of the the last big like superstars you could say in the genre interesting yeah 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 i could see that yeah yeah because it's like an extreme metal you talk about extreme extreme metal like yeah it's, yeah it's like uh there's genre like you know yeah there's bands that are bigger than other bands but it doesn't right. have that same thing of like well they're still within that singular. genre yeah, yeah it's it's still within a, t a kind of a niche thing but it's not yeah like it doesn't have yeah. that thing of like the new the new rock right. band thing Right, right. Um, I mean, bands aren't as much of a thing anymore. Solo yeah. artists, it's way more yeah, about true. solo artists just for economic reasons. You yeah, know? really. Right. Can't afford right. to pay, you know, five people to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like if someone else is making just as just as powerful work just on GarageBand alone, it's like, <laughs> why <laughs> why do people want to, you know, book the gig with like a seven-piece band or whatever? Right. Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, and I noticed even the bands themselves members tend to move between projects pretty freely nowadays anyways you know most yeah yeah there's usually one person who's like the person right right like the main person but yeah uh anyways uh, i don't yeah. uh, have anything else we want to kind of wrap this up i'm starting to wind down here mm -hmm. oh that's fine yeah i mean that was uh that was a lot. Uh, wow, <laughs> we went for like two hours. That's the longest episode yeah. we've ever done. Yeah, Probably. good, cool. Well, there's then there's stuff to edit if you want to. 
if you want to. Yeah, well, you know, we'll yeah. we'll see. I don't like to edit podcasts, so I probably yeah. will do minimal editing. But uh... yeah. well, I didn't notice. I didn't notice too many ums or errs <laughs> from from any of us. So I think uh, I uh, think just, we're good. Yeah. And I think I only cursed once or twice. I've been like trying to. Uh, oh yeah. I've been trying don't... to curtail profanity because I th- I feel like it sounds cool when you don't when you don't curse. I it's think. cool not to swear. That's that's yeah. more refined. Yeah. yeah. More refined podcast. It's more. It's more, it's more reactionary, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to have a cartoon animal avatar pretty soon here. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Not that, not that it really matters. I mean, Doug and I swear on the show all the time, but uh, or at least maybe, no, I, know. I usually never thought about it. But uh, no, it's just yeah. some new thing I'm like trying to do. So I felt, I felt, <laughs> I felt awesome. pleased. I, I mostly, I mostly stuck to that. Yeah. Well, Very thanks good. so much for having me on, guys. Yeah, uh, I had a, I had a great time. It was really fun talking with you. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Charlie. Yeah, no, you got, it's great, great questions. Like totally the kind of, and great, great thoughts meant for me to bounce off of, you know? Oh yeah, that's what I was hoping. Uh, I, I, I was telling Doug, I was like, look, don't worry about it. We're going to talk about, it's going to be crazy. Just don't just hold, buckle up. Because I know no, we're I very, like, we're very simpatico, man. We're very simpatico. And I, yeah, yeah, no, I'm psyched you reached out. Cause I mean, it's just really, it's cool for me to connect with people <laughs> who are serious about music and understand what I'm about and have their own stuff that that's like, you know, in line with it. But like, you know, we didn't even meet, you didn't even find out about me through music. You found out about me through yeah. the, through the theory scene, which is yeah. really just something that I just kind of lurk around, you know, I'm not making yeah. work, not making work in that scene, you know, yeah. I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, same here. I just kind of, it's kind of like a hobby. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool guys. All right, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks. I'll look out for future uh, episodes. Yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, take See care. See you around. All right, take it easy. Take it easy. Hey there, my dearest. Won't you take my hand? Come and run away with me, please. You elude me, and it's so unfair how the mind plays tricks on the Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure to check out Doug on Instagram at Draws. Uh, check me out at Banks P. Daniels on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, make sure to follow The Frown Room on Facebook and Spotify so you can get uh, all the latest updates. Uh, check out my music on banksdaniels.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash banksdaniels. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, new episodes every Monday or Sunday, depending on when we uh, decide to put them up. 